0: What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys and Taylor Williams with you tonight to recap Liv Tulsa at Cedar Ridge. And we also want to recap the Byron Nelson, which had an Oklahoman up there near the top of the leaderboard all day. We'll get to that later in the show, but t Dub. We just got back to the hotel room to record this podcast. Just left the golf course at Cedar Ridge. Dustin Johnson is your Live Tulsa champion. But man, did he make it interesting on Sunday. It was not the four-shot victory like we said it might be at the start of the day on the radio show this morning on the Sports Animal Dustin Johnson shoots three under in the final round and has to battle Brandon Grace and Cam Smith in a playoff. We'll get to all of that, but what are your initial reactions on the whole day? I am amped up, T-Dub. What an awesome day at Cedar Ridge, and big thank you to everyone at Live and everyone at Cedar Ridge.
1: I mean, Sam, what a day of golf this was. I mean, it truly was astronomical how great – a play coming down the stretch was. I mean... That birdie DJ made in regulation, I, I said, there's no way. I mean, he actually got fairly lucky. He clipped the tree about 30 yards off the tee box. And I was looking around. I'm thinking, oh, man, did this this ball drop down right out here? But, no, was able to get it through and hit it. I, I went out there because I was on the other side of the hole during that time. But I went over there to look at the shot after the playoff. And I said, man, there's no way he could have got it up that high with the club that he needed to hit. And he put it up there and, and made it a fabulous putt. And then Cam Smith's round today was absolutely special. You had Brandon Grace coming down the stretch as well. I mean – the, just the shots that these guys were hitting because after the rain delay I went out and walked almost with the final group the whole time and kind of moved up to Cam Smith whenever he started to make his run but just, just the level of shots out there kind of turned into a putting contest a little bit there Sam a lot of guys were hitting it to you know anywhere between 8 and 15 feet a lot of times and some guys were making it some weren't but, uh, but no I mean just an absolute overall success for the town of Tulsa for the Club of Cedar Ridge and hopefully I mean as we've talked about numerous times this week I have not heard one bad thing about the golf and the presentation that was put on and even just walking out um, you know getting back to the bus and getting back here just all the great positive things I heard about this week in general about the golf about the team contest it was an overwhelmingly successful tournament and I'm not going to say it particularly blew me away because I had high expectations but I I really don't know if I could have dreamed it up much better honestly
0: no a hundred percent before we dissect the week and get into everything got to mention. Stinger GC gets the win as a team. They win by one shot over the four aces. Brandon Grace today shoots 5 under, Burmester 6 under, uh, and Charles Swartzell shoots 4 under. Those were the three counting scores for Stinger GC and they get the win as a team. There is a little bit of confusion at the end of the at the end of play about the team competition because Dustin Johnson did make the putt on 18 to send himself into a three-man playoff. And a lot of people thought, I even thought at the time, because they announced it over the loudspeakers, that that putt was to get the four aces into a playoff with Stinger GC. But it turns out that Dustin Johnson's score did not count for the four aces today. He shot three under. Pat Perez ends up shooting four under. Patrick Reed shoots six under. And Peter Uline had already shot a three-under, obviously, DJ being in the final group. Literally, other than Bubba Watson and Brandon Grace, everybody else in the tournament had already finished their rounds, T-Dub. So that meant that Dustin Johnson's score did not count.
1: Well, and it's a pretty easy mistake. I mean, who would have thought that DJ's score wasn't going to count? <laughs> That's right. I, mean, I mean, so, I mean, the, the fact that he was able to be able to compose himself, especially there after he made that triple bogey on 10, that was... I mean, just one of the worst holes I've seen a elite player play. Pulled his drive way off the tee ball. Actually got pretty lucky. Looked like he had a little bit of an opening up there. But then pulls it left. It lands on the slope. Rows on the cart. path, goes down in a creek that, in all honesty, up until then, I had forgot that it was even there. Like, it's that far left. And uh, then drops his ball. He said he had some – dropped it down in some mud. So then he flubs his shot. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting, seeing all this transpire. I'm like, man, this is going to let a lot of people back in to this tournament. Because on that same hole, Brendan Grace had about a, a 11 footer yeah. for birdie, and he he lifted out on that hole. But had he been able
0: to make that, it would have been what a four shot swing. It ended up being a three shot swing. I'll tell you one other thing about number 10 today is they obviously made it a par four for this tournament. It's normally number one, and it's normally a par five. Well, when the rain happened, and we had about an hour and a half rain delay today at Live Tulsa, that's why you didn't see the massive crowds at the end, even though there was uh, a lot of people came back out. But right after for the, the situation, rain delay, there was a yeah, lot of people. A hundred percent. There was a good scene around 18 when Dustin Johnson ended up winning the golf tournament, but... The rain really made number 10 play hard. I know that Cam Smith had like 238 into that hole. It was playing like a par 5 because those guys weren't getting any rollout off the tee. The golf course was playing
1: pretty long just after that rain. There were some tee boxes that weren't all the way back, so not as long as Cedar Ridge could play by any stretch, but yet still after that rain, it was playing long. And then DJ's able to come back and make a nice birdie on number 11. to get Big get a nice, bounce back birdie. And then you had the situation on 12 and 13 both DJ and Grace missed birdie putts inside of 8 to 10 feet on on both of them. And so, especially the ones on 12. I mean, up there, the uh, pin sloped a good amount. So, I mean, you can miss those putts. But DJ missed his low, and then Brandon Grace missed his low as well. So, that was a little, honestly, shocking. I expect at least one of those guys to make it, and then you had the situation coming down where, um, like DJ on what was that, sixteen? Yeah, on sixteen, hits it just a little bit long of the green, and then has to putt through the fringe and ends up not making that one. But then you also had the situation on seventeen where Grace is able to make his birdie, and then DJ misses another short putt there. And at that point,
0: you're thinking, man, DJ is because. Because at that point, right before Grace made that putt, and I was sitting in the media center because I wanted to watch all of the shots, and when Cam Smith made the putt to go to 17 under for the golf tournament, he was in the solo lead for about 30 seconds before Brandon Grace made his putt for birdie on 17, and then DJ misses, and then you have two guys ahead of Dustin Johnson. He literally has to make birdie on 18, and like you said, hits the tree, You know, about 150 yards off the tee box, but it doesn't necessarily knock it down, right? It it definitely altered its course, right? But it got over the bunker, and it was on the upslope of the lip of the bunker, not in the bunker, but on the grass lip of the bunker, and that allowed him to get over that tree that you were talking about that looked like that he really you know if it was a flat lie ha- would have trouble getting over that tree it also helped him that the pin was over on the right I think that's probably why he hit the tree in the first place was because he wanted to give himself a good angle into that pin on the right but then he DJ just has amnesia T-Dub he he literally did not putt well all day and then all of a sudden just rolls in the most clutch putt on 18 in regulation to get himself into that playoff. And then in the playoff, T-Dub, it was literally a putting contest. All three of those guys, Cam Smith, Brandon Grace, and DJ, all hit it in generally the same spot right at the front right of the green and DJ rolls in about the 15-footer from just off the green, right? And, man, it was an awesome scene, and he has to be a favorite headed into next week, and I could not be happier for Liv Tulsa and Tulsa and Oklahoma in general um, that they got Dustin Johnson as the winner for this week. I think it's one of those situations where you look back, and that's a memorable winner.
1: And one quick thing about that last hole, I remember in the practice round going out and watching DJ, and, and on that same hole he had a beautiful drive. But, but it faded back. and It missed the tree on the left by about two yards. And I'm thinking, man, that was actually pretty close. Wonder <laughs> if it'll come back to haunt him in the tournament. And sure enough, it almost damn did. So that was interesting from that aspect. But, yeah, you're talking about PJ next week. I think DJ's going to have to be a great favorite. I'm actually going to be in a little bit of a, of a predicament next week, especially in our one-and-done pool, because I've been saving Cam Young for this tournament and, and, and Brooks Kepka. But now you got, though, Dustin Johnson in that mix as well. So I, I have absolutely no clue in hell what I'm going to do. I have to do a little bit of research to figure it out, but no, um, for Tulsa to have an elite winner to win, especially Dustin Johnson, someone who has not been playing his best golf this year by any stretch of the imagination, but he seems to be peaking at the right time, which is what he did here, and yeah, it's great for not only the fact that you had a great winner like that, but you had such a great playoff, too. I mean, you had Cam Smith gone shoot 61. You had Harold Varner shoot a 61. I mean, he could have easily shot 59 out there, so I mean, the, the scores today were exceptionally low. I mean, whenever you put the ball in hand and whenever you soften the greens up like that, these guys are just so immensely talented that they're, they're going to be able to take advantage of that, and that's exactly what we saw. That's exactly
0: there. right. When the course gets soft, you can't hide the pins from these guys. You mentioned Harold Varner. He was 8-under through his first nine holes, T-Dub. Think about that. You can't even do that on Tiger Woods PGA Tour, right? I mean, it, the, the, hey, <laughs> the video Eagles, games are harder than, than Harold Varner was making golf look today, and then he was, what, 10-under through 12 holes? But, yeah, you know, at yeah, one I point mean, I thought he was going to win the golf tournament.
1: Because- I mean, Harold started on fourteen. Eagles that hole. birdie's 15. And then Eagles 17. He did eagles you see shot on number
0: 9 today? I did not see it, no. He was... Over there by the porta potties on nine, launches a shot over the porta potties, over the trees. You know, he's in the left trees by the porta potties, launches it over the porta potties, over the trees, over the little tower that's right there, and hits it to an inch to go to, you know, what, 10 under on the day? I think that made him 10 under on the day. Oh my gosh, Harold Varner was on an absolute heater. T-Dub, and so was Cam Smith today. Cam Smith's the guy we got to look out for next week. Brooks Kepka, another one that shot back-to-back five unders to finish his. Liv Tulsa, there's so many big names from Liv that are really peaking at the right time headed into Oak Hill. Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at Cam today, birdied his first three holes, four of his first five.
1: Actually, so 400 through five then has a, a decent amount of uh, par stretch there in the middle, which are the more difficult holes on the course, but then birdies 12, he made a, I I didn't see the putt he made, I was over watching DJ at the time, but the crowd gave an immense roar, so I'm assuming it was a pretty special putt, then on 13, I actually saw him right up there, he almost hit it out of bounds, he was like 5 yards from the fence, and then, but he has an opening, hits a great shot up there, is able to make the putt, makes a pretty easy birdie on 14, and then makes a great putt on 15, the par 3. Um, and then on sixteen, I was right up there as well. I mean, he left this putt. I mean, I'm talking half a revolution. Yes, he did. Sure. I mean, it looked good the entire way and came up. I just had little a bit. thought
0: today about Cam Smith. I want to run it past you. What's that? Cam Smith on the greens is Steph Curry from the three point line. That Think sounds, about that. that That's a perfect right. analogy. Yeah, He's it's pretty close. The greatest putter of our generation. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of basketball I think Cam Smith is well on his way every single putt today looked like it was going to go in most of them did
1: yeah I do think that is a good analogy because Cam just he's so good on those 15 to 25 footers he's honestly pretty similar to what Jordan Spieth was what was it seven eight years ago now it's been quite a while since he was at his peak with the putter but but no I mean just the as you mentioned he's just automatic from those. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times he hit a shot, and I'm like, okay, well, that's good. He gets it 12 feet. Pick it up, and he, he just makes it almost every time. And so it's very, very special to see. I, I do think that he – it'll be interesting to see how many more majors that he – If he can win another major, I do think that he
0: will. It's just tough in this day and age.
1: It 100% is. It's just, will he be able to take advantage of those opportunities that he has? He won the Open last year, so he's going to have multiple. He's he's not one of the guys that is worried about Liv not getting world ranking points because he's going to be in every major for the next five years in particular. So that's a good analogy. We just need to see how much more he's going to win. If he wins... You know, let's say he wins five live tournaments in the next two years, but doesn't win a major. You know, how do we how do we look at at Cam at that point? I think that's gonna be something very interesting going forward.
0: So obviously we got a little ahead of ourselves. We're excited after the round, but I do wanna read off the leaderboard here. You got Dustin Johnson obviously winning the golf tournament. Cam Smith and Brandon Grace were in the playoff with Dustin Johnson. We'll get to them in a second. Harold Varner vaulted himself all the way up to fourth place for the tournament at 13 under par. So Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Brandon Grace were all at 17 under par. Harold Varner was at 13 under par by himself Shot nine under today with a bogey. Um, and then Eugenio Lopez-Chikara, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau were all tied for fifth in this golf tournament. And then you had Dean Burmester shoot a six under today. He was at 11 under with Joaquin Neiman and Bubba Watson. Bubba and Bryson were a little bit disappointing today. Uh, but Brandon Grace was not. I thought that he played phenomenal golf this week. I think it's a shame that a player of his caliber is not in the PGA next week. I mean, are you kidding me? After the play that we saw from Brandon Grace standing toe-to-toe with guys like uh, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, not only did he shoot the course record On Monday, he goes out and follows that up with a 3-under and a 5-under in the final two rounds. Brandon Grace really impressed me this week, and the main reason, T-Dub, is because that course didn't even suit his game that well. He was just hitting fairways and hitting greens and making putts, and he was making it look really, really simple for a guy that doesn't hit it that far to shoot 17-under on a golf course that really favors bombers was really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, it really was. And what's crazy about it, too, is that he was – going into this final round, he was second in, in greens and regulation. Paul Casey was the person who was leading it. I did not see the green and regulation numbers as of today. But you look at how he had been playing this year, Sam, man. He was the definition of trending downwards. In the 5 live events, he has finished worse in every single one of them. He went from 3rd in Miami to then he went 11th, 25th, 41st, 43rd. So I mean, it was he had not been showing very many good signs of of good play. Do you remember the first person we saw when
0: we got to live on Wednesday? The first person on Wednesday on the course? It was Brandon Grace and he was playing in a money game with all the other stingers and he was over on number eight for the golf tournament, the normal number 17, the dogleg right, and he had... I guarantee you he had clipped a tree off the tee box or something because he was pitching out sideways in a money game in a practice round on a Wednesday. That's the first shot I saw at Liv Tulsa, and the guy goes out there and shoots 17 under, the same guy that I saw pitching out sideways that finished in the 40s last time he teed it up. Golf is a weird game.
1: I, I had forgot about that. Yeah, he was almost over in someone's backyard.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and had a punch out on that hole. That's not. I was wondering why he wasn't, you know, hitting another shot. It, it was clear that they were playing for a whole lot of money. It, it, yeah, it seemed like that was a very common theme amongst
1: the teams. Yeah, I had forgotten about that because I had only remembered the fireballs, five-minute altercation on that tee box that that, <laughs> that right. led to, I thought it was going to be a fist fight at one point. But, uh, but no, I, I you know, that's something, too, that we want to get to is, is Brandon Grace. I mean, you, you mentioned how he's not in the PGA next week. He's 116th player analytically, so I mean, I guess with the players you let in, I, I'm, it's probably right on the line if you should be in or not, but he's 283rd in the Fisher World Golf Rankings, so I mean, just give me an absolute break there, and he is going to move up in the data golf rankings after this tournament once it's posted, so no, I, I would love to see him cause in the PGA, because as you said, he is playing some really good golf right now, just hitting a lot of fairways and hitting it really pure, actually... Could have very easily won this tournament. I mean, he oh, he had the, he had the back-to-back bogeys yesterday late in the day, and then missed a lot of putts on the back nine today as well. So no, but he I, didn't
0: really screw up today. No, he he, did, he definitely you know, didn't he hand didn't, it. He away. went bogey free today.
1: Yeah, it's just whenever the conditions are th- as easy as they were this afternoon, you're gonna have to go out and take the bull by the horns. Right. And and he he did that to a certain extent, but just wasn't enough when you're dealing with the likes of a, a Cam like, Smith and a DJ. Y-
0: Our listeners will hear this later. We were able to talk to Brandon Grace and Dustin Johnson and and all of the stingers after the round today. One of the things Brandon Grace said in that press conference, T-Dub, was that they go, is it bittersweet for you? You know, your team won, but you didn't. And he goes, no, it's not bitter at all because he felt like he did – everything that he was trying to do as far as, you know, when you shoot a low round, he followed that up with a solid round to keep him on top of the leaderboard. He got himself into the playoff with Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith, and then, like he said, he hit a good putt in the playoff. It just didn't go in. And also, he needs to be pretty happy, pocketed $1.875 million
1: <laughs> for his runner-up. Bad. And then the then you have the, the team aspect as well, which would have been 750000 for that. So Still read tri- out the
0: payoffs there.
1: So we got Dustin Johnson four million dollars more out of the bank. That's pretty good. Brandon Grace, uh, Cam Smith one point eight million dollars. Then you have Harold Varner at one million dollars. Even uh, that's not bad for finishing fourth. <laughs> then then you have the guys tied for five, which Eugenio Chicara had one of the biggest backdoor top fives I've ever seen in my life. I didn't see it would have hard... been the
0: biggest backdoor top five if it weren't for Harold Varner today.
1: As yeah, he
0: just absolutely lit the guy it up. starting on fourteen almost won the golf tournament.
1: And then,
3: uh, so you have (laughs)
1: seven hundred three thousand for fifth. A T eight has four hundred sixty eight thousand. Then you have the likes of our man Charles, how the third down there at the T eleven, which was ten under par. Gets you at uh, 350k. Then you have Big uh, Jediah Morgan who shot one over for the tournament, got 122k. So not bad for being the only person to finish the event
0: and shoot uh, over par. And then do you have the team payouts down there at the bottom? Uh, let
1: me see here. Uh, team payout, uh, yes. Team Stinger, three million for the team. The four aces, 1.5 million for the team. Range Goats, uh, 500k for the team.
0: Let's talk about the Range Goats for a second. It was an interesting week for our man Taylor Gooch because I don't feel like any of his play this week had anything to do with golf. I think it had to do with stuff off of the course. He had a lot of other obligations this week. His main goal this week was not necessarily to win a golf tournament. It was to raise money for his foundation, and he put in a whole lot of work to that, and he also put in a whole lot of work as basically the ambassador slash host of Live Tulsa this week after coming off back-to-back wins in Australia and Singapore. I think the the guy was just worn out this week, and I think that getting on a flight up to New York this week and, and him being able to just focus on golf will be really good for Taylor Gooch. He did shoot a three under par today, um, but the Range Goats... We mentioned Harold Varner's round today, 9-under on the round today. Taylor Gooch's 3-under did count, and so did Thomas Peter's 3-under for the Range Goats. Bubba Watson, who did have a chance to win this golf tournament at the start of the day, he was 10 under to start the day and was in the final pairing with Brandon Grace and Dustin Johnson, only shot one under on the round today. A little bit disappointing from Bubba. I kind of thought that they might be able to get up into the top two, but they at least still finish on the podium in Taylor Gooch's home state of Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, that's really good for them because if they're able to get in the top four come the season-ending tournament, they will have a bye in the match play, which I think is going to be very, very important going forward. One thing about Bubba – that I want to say. On number 12, it was, yes. I've never seen him this mad in my entire life at the drone. Oh, my
0: God. He was you so You can hear it so clear as day on TV.
1: Oh, I mean, you, you, you just saw it drop, and then right as soon as he starts to hit, it goes back up, and it's like... Were you
0: out there? Was yeah, it was, actually was annoying? Right or was it, he just bitching about something was, to be bitching about? It, it.
1: wasn't like... It wasn't like a car horn going off in his backstring,
0: but it was it was enough to distract you for sure. All I tweeted at the time was, "We have Bubba Watson yelling at a drone. This is prime Bubba Watson." Some people think these guys don't care. These guys want to win because Bubba Watson was yelling at a drone, saying it, it was in it wasn't here for him. But they bring it down low for my swing, and was saying that the drone was messing him up. But I thought I thought that was a great instance of these guys really you see their competitive spirit come out, right? Because we saw Bubba earlier on in the week, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. He's just fired up and wants to win.
1: Well, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed if I was playing for
0: an individual
1: and team contest because at that point he was, what, only three back of the lead? So, I mean, he was very much in the term If he could have made a move, And it was pretty funny. On, on 13, the next hole, Bubba hits it a little bit over to the right, kind of close by the cart path. And so I, I'm from me to you now, Sam, from where his ball was. It's about two feet. And uh, Bubba's walking up, gets by his ball, and then old uh, old Dom, the the on course reporter, comes up and talk to him. And Bubba's still ripping into his ass about this drone, man. He's like, "Y'all got to get them to stop doing that, man. Like it's ridiculous." And so I didn't, I didn't That's hear what stuff. I didn't hear what Dom said as a response because they they were were murmuring pretty lowly. But uh, but Bubba, he definitely was not very happy about that damn drone. And uh, what, what's the what's the name? Alf is that what they call it? Annoying. They call it
0: Alf the Drone. Uh,
1: annoying little effer. So yeah, it's uh, it was definitely annoying <laughs> for Bubba.
0: He was not
1: pleased with that damn drone one bit.
0: Well, like I said, Bubba Watson ends up finishing the golf tournament at 11 under par. Like you mentioned, he started his round, obviously, on one because he was in the final group. The last two groups started on one. And Bubba bogeyed number three, but then he got it rolling a little bit. He birdied five, birdied eight, and birdied ten but then made the double bogey at 16, and his chances to finish on the podium were cooked, T-Dub. Harold Varner III, we talked a lot about. Brooks Kepka, we haven't really talked a whole lot about this week, T-Dub. He finishes the golf tournament at 12 under par. It seemed like, especially in the first round, he wasn't able to make those key putts that he needed to make to put himself in contention. On the last day, but at the same time, when you're out there watching him play golf right now, it looks like an elite Brooks Kepka. He's just striking the ball so well, and if he gets a week where he's making everything, he's going to blitz a field eventually.
1: After hearing Kefka talk of the putting green in the practice run, I put no weight into this tournament whatsoever. He did not want to play this tournament. He's focused on next week. A million percent. And so, no, he's going to have a good week next week at the PGA. He's playing – he's hitting the ball too well right now to do it. I mean, you go watch him on the range. Seems like everything's really, really solid. Even – I've said this a lot. Even last year at the PGA, he just didn't look – that elite and this year he does look uh that much better so you could definitely tell last year something was not right and obviously as thing. we alluded
0: to that the health was so that's bad. A, that's a great point alluding back to last year's pga with brooks pete cowan was working with him hours on the range at that pga do you remember that oh, how yeah. much they were working on the range and this week pete cowan was there all week i saw him every single day by the way, I talked to him, great guy, Was told me a hilarious story that I shouldn't share about Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, but we'll, we'll tell that one off the air, T-Dub. But Pete Cowan was out there every day, and they weren't out grinding on the range. They have something figured out right now.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I saw, I mean, he was still on the range with Brooks, but they weren't, like, detailing It wasn't swing.
0: like last year. No,
1: he was just standing there, really, and just kind of being an extra set of eyes for him. So, no, Brooks Brooks is starting to get it figured out as well. I mean, he's... I mean, you can forget he's got four major championships. There's only very few elite players who have done to that point, and if, he, if he's able to somehow win next week, he'll have three PJ championships, which I don't
0: have the list in front of me, but there's not very many that have been able to do that. There's no doubt about that, T-Dub. Dustin Johnson does end up winning the golf tournament but it was not like we expected. What were your kind of surprises and disappointments from today? We didn't really spend a whole lot of time on on Bryson DeChambeau, but I think he's got some things, you know, on the right track. I don't think he's back by any means, but I think he's working on the right things and seems more content than he has been over the past year. That would be my kind of surprise slash disappointment. You know, he was it surprised me the first two days and then disappointed me today. Brandon Grace was my good surprise today because he really kept himself up on that leaderboard. I gained a lot of respect for a guy like Brandon Grace, Cam Smith shooting nine under, as well as Harold Varner third. Both of those guys were pleasant surprises, and obviously the big names rising to the top today at Live Tulsa. Did you have any surprises or disappointments from the day, TW?
1: Well, obviously, DJ's triple was probably the most surprising thing That's that right. I saw all day. I mean, point. that was like the last thing that I expected to see happen because after he made the, the birdie on uh, or that putt on
0: number nine, you're he, thinking. It was, it was actually a par putt he, he right after the rain delay. So the rain delay happens when Dustin Johnson is on eight fairway. He makes par on eight. Uh, and then hits it over the green on nine and guns the chip shot almost like a mini flyer you know that you get out of the out of this Bermuda rough sometimes and, and kind of gun the chip shot about what seven, eight feet by and makes that for par. So then he goes into number 10 and yeah, makes triple. It was it was a crazy scenario. And the old, the old 7-2
1: back-to-back holes. I mean, that's that's pretty funny w- when that transpired. So, yeah, that was probably the most shocking thing because at that point, if he had not done that, he would have done exactly what we said he was going to do, <laughs> go out and win by, by multiple shots. And then, I mean, am I not – I guess one thing that's shocking is just how great of a start Harold Varner got off to. I mean, that oh, was man. eagle in two of your first four holes. I mean, I was down on, on number 17 green when he made that putt. I mean, he hit a drive right in the middle of the green. Perfect spot because that's
0: not a flag that you can attack with a driver whatsoever. <laughs> even, even his bad shots. Like, he hit the rocks on number 11 and it kicks – Kicks up in the, uh, it was actually the hole that he bogeyed. Yeah. Uh, but he kind
1: of came back to him missing a little five footer. Right. On that missed hole. the
0: five footer. He was able to, you know, chip it up there within five feet. But uh, it was just one of those days where everything was going right for Harold Varner. I honestly felt like. If, it's, if this is even a thing, but it, I felt like the better nine-under was Cam Smith just because it was just so consistent all day and he was rolling in putts from everywhere. And it was really the first time since the offseason that we've seen the old Cam Smith that won the Open Championship last year.
1: No, I mean, it was, it was a bogey-free nine-under. I mean, he just played absolutely flawless golf there. I mean, it was a beautiful thing to see. And then, I mean, even looking down here, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call this an absolute shock or anything, but I am surprised that the Stinger, that the Stinger GC was able to win. I, I, I thought agree. I thought the four aces almost had this thing sewn up to, in a sense. I mean, we talked about there was, what, six six teams within eight shots going into this day, so you knew that someone was going to make a little bit of move. Stinger was second going into this, but they only shot eight under in the second round, so, I mean, that's not very good, and I, I don't think he – I, expected, I didn't expect Brandon Grace to completely fall apart, but I didn't expect him to play as good as he did today, is sort of what you're alluding to there, Sam. So now, they are able to shoot 1,500. Dean Burmester came in very clutch for them, made a great putt on At the 16. last hole on 16 for them to basically to win by one, which he he had made that putt before Grace made his birdie putt on 17, but I think Burmester's putt ended up being the one that did it for him, because Grace is on even though DJ missed his putt,
0: 17's a very, very simple hole. Yeah, and we're gonna play the full press conference for you guys. You were able to ask him some questions about who is going to party the most, but one of the questions someone else asked, or one of the answers that Dean Burmester gave was. When he made that putt, he was still kind of dejected because he didn't know that that Brandon Grace was gonna make that putt, and they were driving up in the golf cart and was able to see Brandon Grace make that putt, and he said they were going crazy in the golf cart. Uh, the live aspect the team aspect of live I thought was a huge success this week. They sold out of Range Goats gear, which I was not expecting. The casual fan or the golf fan to really embrace the team aspect. They sold a whole lot more team gear than they did just the regular Live golf gear. People love the team aspect of that and Stinger GC does walk away with that victory. I want to give a shout out to Live on how they run things after the tournament because it was super efficient not only for the media but for the fans and the players as well. So Dustin Johnson when he hold out on the first playoff hole and, and made that birdie putt on the first playoff hole to win the golf tournament, they rushed Dustin Johnson, obviously, to the scoring area. And then right after that, uh, they go straight to the stage at the front gates where they did the trophy presentation. They do that and, and bring out not only Dustin Johnson, but the team as well. Uh, the For st- anyone who wasn't there, it's the same stage they did the Laney
1: Wilson Exactly. Concerto.
0: Exactly. So yeah, it was on the exact same stage that Laney Wilson was on, and they do the podium celebrations. I was able to get sprayed with champagne, T-Dub. The, the Stinger GC were out, up there spraying champagne everywhere. Dustin Johnson was a little more low-key about his win this week individually. But T-Dub then, right after that, they, they take him over to the putting green. He takes a few pictures, and then we do a, about a 15-minute press conference, and he's on a flight straight to Oak Hill. Yeah, it was, and with the rain delay, that added a little bit of
1: you know right. chaos to to all this to make it make them sort of speed of this process. But yeah, First it was pretty rain crazy. delay in
0: the states that oh. they had evacuated, and so they. They did a great job with the uh, whole evacuation process. And I, and a lot of fans actually came back after the fact as well. Yeah, it
1: was the first uh, domestic one, I believe. Because but, in Bangkok last year, when car won, right. there was
0: an extensively long train delay. And, so
1: it was d- the first domestically. That's right.
0: And the and the one in Singapore, they moved the tee times up. Correct, correct. Yeah, and so it was
1: I, – I do think that had they been able to move the tee times up today, I don't think that there would have – they still probably would have caused they something. They should have
0: teed off at 10.
1: That's really what should have happened. I, from my understanding, they couldn't have done it for TV purposes, which, okay, I, I well, get that. Well, and
0: people are ripping the TV this week. They're ripping the CW network for taking the golf off of the actual TV channel, the CW, and moving it to the app after the allotted time because of the rain delay. And my point is, number one, live golf in that great playoff that everybody wanted to see that they're upset that they didn't get to see on the cw it would be on tv if the golf channel actually covered the best field in golf on certain weeks right i mean it would be on tv if they didn't try to bash it and then live had to sign a deal with the cw but it's not the cw's fault that that's the end of their allotted time when the end of their allotted time is up it goes to the app, and the app is not hard to find. No one complains about the app when they're sitting at home watching All American, which is one of the most famous shows in the in the United States. I mean, someone has going to have to explain it to me, Sam. I'm
1: just not familiar. I don't understand why. So, I, from things I saw on Twitter, said that some channels, I guess, flipped over to like a Family Feud. Some of them flipped over to like a pre recorded news broadcast or something, depending on what con- what part of the country you're in. I don't necessarily understand why the CW would want to show those
0: oh, over that. I'm it not sure. It makes no sense why the CW would want to do that.
1: And I need to look it up. Um, but exactly. they might have
0: been contractually obligated to do that. So that,
1: that That's 100% what it is. It has to do with contracts. Sam, you may know about this story. You, you may not. I remember reading about this. There's an old NFL game. Where it's like in the '60s. That's right.
0: Where- uh, my man Bill Haston was telling me about this. It was the Heidi game, or whatever. Yeah, yeah it, it was switched to a a movie in the middle of. It
1: was a two, the two minute warning, yeah. and, and the, the team was going down to drive to win, and they swore. Could you imagine if that happened today?
0: Well, and that's when the NFL started putting in their contracts that you know we finished the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so could
1: you imagine a two minute warning of a Packers Cowboys game or something? They flip it over to some movie that was however
0: no, old. But but back then they didn't have the app or the streaming or anything. Like if you want to watch the golf, you can find the golf, is yeah. my point.
1: And, and it is different day and age because like, they used to pre record the NBA finals. You know, like yeah, I mean, it, it was used uh, to be on
0: tape delay. Yeah,
1: it was 100% a different era. So yeah, you can. And I get it. There are some, you know, some of the older crowd may not be able to know how to access the app, you know, per yeah. se, that kind of thing. But, uh, uh, but no, nah, and, and we see this right on CBS with the with the PJ Turvin. event. If there's a rain delay, they'll say, we've run out of our allotted coverage. We're heading over to the CBS app or we're heading to Golf Channel or, or some BS like that. So yeah. it's it, it's something that they are getting ripped for, but at the same time, you got to understand contracts are contracts, and that's exactly well, what happened. They had it, to sign
0: just, a bad contract because everybody bashed them. And it turns out, guess what? They were wrong. They were wrong. Liv is a... Massive success already. It's been in business for a little over a year now, and it's already gaining this traction and putting out better fields than the Byron Nelson this week. I mean, that's undeniable. I'm such a believer now in the fact that this tour can be
1: sustainable. I I knew it was great golf. I've known that ever since this got on, but I didn't necessarily look at the business side of it and think that, okay, well, they're dishing out a lot of money every week, and so are they going to be able to make this a profitable endeavor? And I do believe it may take a little bit of time for them to get everything exactly worked out, but this thing could definitely be sustainable. The, The product that is on display is absolutely great, and how they were able to incorporate so many different ideas and fun
0: activities for the for really the non-casual golf fan. We right? talked about on the radio show, maybe even on the podcast last night, how we were surprised about how family-friendly Live was. I, I wasn't really expecting that.
1: No, you had. I mean, all kinds of things for the kids to do. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. Is it absolutely perfect? No, I do think there are areas where it can improve. We talked about yesterday about how there's not there wasn't an abundance of places to sit. I don't know necessarily yep. that was a live thing or if that was just uh, you know Cedar Ridge and the, the golf sell course sell
0: out all of the hospitality suites, which may have something to do with that. Yeah,
1: it definitely could have enticed people. We were talking with Jerry Foltz about this when we had him on, about how about adding some more teams to it. I, I think I, you can. I do, because there was there were some times to where, like we talk about the people want to go sit on a hole, right, and yep. just stay on there for all day. With there being 48 players, there were some gaps in there, right? Yeah. There could be 20 to upwards of 25 minutes on certain times depending on where the, the shotgun You could space add at. three
0: more teams, which would be 12 more players.
1: And if you did that, I think it would make the product – a lot better, even if it's. I mean, you got to think. Okay, we're well, adding twelve players. We're not going to add John Ramadecki, Hideki Rory. You know, so one I mean, thing
0: that I think that Live could do to make the experience even better in this, you know, might be a, a thing that you know they could incorporate in the future is putting. They had so many video boards out there. If they put just even small video boards on every hole, to where if you want to sit on that hole, you can also watch all of the action going on around the course live at the same time I agree
1: because there was besides up at the front kind of by the clubhouse there wasn't an abundance of of screens showing the golf there were some leaderboards out there but it wasn't a visual cue I think
0: that would be like the next step in the full fan experience being able to watch it on tv while you're watching it live
1: and, and there's a lot of other good things about it. there was plenty of access to like bathrooms and stuff i know that's something that you don't the
0: lines don't, weren't that bad were they the
1: the lines on so for example on friday and saturday they had a little what was like a fan villa type area where they had food trucks and all that stuff right the lines for that on they friday had the and saturday goats
0: and they were lassoing things over yeah, there they, there was all sorts of stuff they had a golf simulator over there that was that was the area of the course that i was saying is like an nba game where You know the kids will be like, oh, I want to go over there, right? Yeah,
1: they had a little putting green. They had a a place where kids could go get face painted and all that. So, so the lines for that deal Friday and Saturday were immensely long. Like I'm talking, like I'm talking, 25 people to 30 people in one line at one food truck, and there was six or seven of them. So, I mean, that was the lines there were pretty crazy. The concession stand lines the first two days were pretty long as well. A bear line was obviously there long was tid- also
0: about double the amount of people as they thought that there was gonna be. Well,
1: the first two days it was immensely packed. I mean, my God. but today there was less people and then especially after the rain delay, there was there were still people out there. I was actually kind of by surprised the way, if by- you
0: watched it on TV, especially if you watched that exciting back nine on TV, Yes, the rain delay happened and people left, but at the end, people definitely came back. I mean, yeah. But at the start of the day, there was actually a decent crowd, not quite as big as the first two days. But it was a a sizable crowd that when the rain delay happened and they evacuated, a lot of those people probably just went and did Mother's Day stuff.
1: Yeah, and it was, you had people not coming for Mother's Day in general. And and then, which is completely understandable there, but no, it was was a good little environment if you did want to come out on Mother's Day, though. I, I mean, they did all the different spa treatment and stuff for the moms. I thought that was. Pretty cool, and so no, I think overall it was it has to be a home run slam. I mean, I think the only question now, Sam, is is that I would be shocked if there's not a live event in Oklahoma next year. I think the only question well, that's is
0: that's definitely going to happen. The
1: question is where, where, and I thought Cedar rich did a great job. I mean, we've heard some things about the clubhouse and all that, so I mean, we don't know if if
0: It'll that'll be, be interesting. I've heard different things. Let's let's just leave it at that. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if it you know, went to the Oklahoma City area next year.
1: And that would be, I think that'd be even better for us, right? But no, yeah. there, there's so many great golf courses in the state that it could be played at. It's just a matter of getting the logistics found out. The big thing is we got to find a course that can hold a massive crowd because we learned that Oklahoma's going to show out. It was, from everything we heard, Sam, I haven't seen like an official number, but it's been by far the best uh, live event domestically when it comes to crowd.
0: Oh, 100%. And that's just a fact that yeah. th- they had the wasn't most people ad, that lived It wasn't, wasn't like it was in Australia. No. But, 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 but the best in the United States, by far. That's right. Another thing that I think that Liv could do is just put a party hole on every course that they go to.
1: Yeah. Well, luckily we had some uh, some homeowners out there turn one of the holes into a Mardi Gras hole, <laughs> so they right. kind of took Liv in their own hands. That's, that's I, right. was, I was out there on the first day, and I don't know if it was the same house. I'm assuming it was, but they're giving out free beer. I mean, they're just like, <laughs> there they, you go. I mean, literally people just walking up. I mean, I, I was out when I was watching Taylor Gooch. I mean, a massive crowd of people, and they was lining up over
0: there. They had the house that was playing the uh, OSU fight song, and yeah, that was on Ege- eight. Eugenio Lopez Chicara signed the. Ball and launched a wedge and just perfectly placed in their backyard.
1: Could you imagine if you you lived on the house at a PJ Tour event and you just played loud ass music when the uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> when like today with Jason Day's coming down the stretch? Yeah, that's not just happening. It's
1: not going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's definitely not happening. I'll tell you one thing though, T Dub. If I'm a Cedar Ridge member. I might want to put off the clubhouse for a couple of years and and keep doing this live thing. I, I think that that's really good exposure for the club, especially if they are able to come back next year, maybe a month later after all the winter kill stuff is gone. The course is going to be great. The weather will be a little bit better. It'll be hotter. But at the same time, you're not going to be right in the middle of tornado season and winter kill season. I think that Cedar Ridge got a lot of a bad rep this week, pretty much all of it didn't have to do with them at all it just had to do with the time of year and the weather I mean find a course in Oklahoma without winter kill
1: no there it's all over you the can. place no it's it's just uh and that's another thing too we talked about obviously I believe Liv is going to come back to Oklahoma next year I would hope that they would try to find a different time of year to do it and I'm not yeah. saying I mean you had the fact that it was on Mother's Day but then it's not even that it's just effective whenever you have it in May and when we saw the PJ Championship last year actually had pretty good weather for that but the volatility of it right you had four or five days where it's 90 it's degrees. the worst
0: time of year for golf in the state of Oklahoma. Like I've said about high school golf, if football coaches weren't golf coaches for high school players, they should do the golf season in the fall.
1: Well, and also, too, this uh – the The winter kill really happened because we've had a pretty moderate winter, but the problem was is we had that one to two week stretch where it was like that freezing rain, and it That's just right. it just shocked
0: the grass. And then it happened. got really humid after the fact and didn't allow that grass to grow in on certain strains of Bermuda.
1: And I mean, let's remember the uh, remember two years ago at uh, whenever we had the big ice storm that came in. Yeah, remember Southern Hills like three weeks before the PGA was it looked it looked worse senior than this PGA senior PGA not the PGA they were in good shape for the PGA, but it was two years ago senior. PGA. They put so much work in the final three weeks to get that place looking good. It looked worse than than Cedar did this week, for sure.
0: We were there when the winter kill was very visible at Southern Hills. The winter kill is still visible at places, the nicest places in Oklahoma right now. Oak Tree, Southern Hills, it's still like that. Cedar Ridge just got the bad end of the stick with this deal being at this time of the year on short notice, by the way. I thought that Eddie and his team did a hell of a job out at Cedar Ridge. Dave Bryan, everyone out at Cedar Ridge, you guys should be patting yourselves on the back and having a beer tonight and saying we did a heck of a job because that was a, a great success. And anyone who you know wants to say things about Cedar Ridge, literally don't know what they're talking about.
1: I mean, hundred percent. I mean, the 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 rest of the course, with the exception of those couple of spots, just looked. Absolutely great. The greens looked like they rolled very well. I mean, the the rough, we talked about this, the rough could be longer there. I think we've both played that course, Sam, where, where it's had a lot longer rough than they did this week. But, yeah, they uh,
0: made holes like uh, 17, which is normally number eight, drivable. That course has a lot more teeth to it. And by the way, no wind this week.
1: Yeah, and I say I know 18 has a tee box further back they could have used – uh, let's see, number four or uh, eighteen. Number nine is what they played for the tournament. That is a tee box that's further back. Uh, number ten, obviously, but that would have been a, a par five in that in that aspect. And then there was one more hole as well that I noticed. Oh, it was number uh, – what would have played as number 13 for the tournament because if had they moved that back tee box, there would have been no place for people to cross um, over right. into two and three. So there was so, some different situations there that, that made the course play a little bit little bit easier than it could have. But it was still uh, – I mean, like I said, it softened the course up a lot today. But even yesterday with some of those positions they took out there, it, it, was, it was a tough test until the, the green softened up.
0: Well, I mean, headed into today, through two rounds, there was only, what, three or four guys at double digits under par. I mean, that's nothing like the golf we saw at TPC Craig Ranch, right? It had more teeth in the golf course than that. And by the way, there were three guys at 17 under. No one else broke 13 under. uh, And then the majority of the field didn't even get double digits under par teed up.
1: No, it was, like I said, this is just one of those courses where you're going to have to earn what's coming to you. I mean, these guys were hitting such great shots out there. That uh, I mean, th- there's there's only going to be so much defense that the course can have when you're playing this good. I mean, just scrolling through here. I mean, Jadiah Morgan was the only person in the field to finish over par, which I think is pretty interesting. Andy Ogletree just scrolling through here filled in for the old. How about uh, that? Filling in for old Lee Westwood get injured. He's at eight under. I mean, sixty two. I didn't even <laughs> talk ever... about
0: taking advantage of your opportunity, dude.
1: Okay, so so here's my question: Was Andy just chilling here all week yes, waiting for someone I to saw withdraw? Him. I saw him. Does he do that every tournament? I guess. I mean...
0: He's banned from everywhere else.
1: I mean, being an alternate for a live event, that seems like a... And not being able to play anywhere else, yeah. that's
0: That's crazy. one thing pisses me off about the whole OWGR and, you know, these guys getting banned from different places. A young guy like Andy Ogletree, you're going to penalize like that and not let him play anywhere else in the world and then, you know, make him just, you know, go as an alternate to these live events and hopes he gets in. And then when he does, he shoots eight under par and takes advantage of that opportunity. That is one of those feel-good stories of the week, T-Dub. And I hope that... You know, the world of golf realizes how stupid that whole situation is with the OWGR banning these guys and only letting them play on the Asian tour. Are you kidding me? Andy Ogletree just shot eight under in a live event. Only Cam Smith and Harold Varner beat him today.
1: That is pretty crazy. And hopefully they interviewed Lee Westwood during the rain delay. Seems like he's gonna be okay. Seems like he's gonna be able to play Washington D with well, the Washington Live event, which is the week after the PGA, so only coming up in a couple weeks. So he seems like he's he's gonna be just fine. But yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting whenever you're an alternate Sam and you go out and shoot eight under and it is a damn shame that he can't play any other any other event. It makes absolutely
0: no sense. It's effing ludicrous in my opinion. It is, it is, it is. Um Tita, final thoughts on the week. I thought it was a massive success. I want to thank not only Dave Bryan, the director of golf at Cedar Ridge, for all the time he gave us. Jerry Foltz, giving us the interview throughout the week. We had you know all of our high school coverage with Greg Gross and Ryder Cowan throughout the week on those shows. Man, it, it se- that seems like. Ten years ago, T Dub. Boy, it does, doesn't it? The week has gone by fast, but at the same time, there has been so much content to put out and we have to thank our listeners most of all, because they you know are the reason why we do this and you guys have been awesome as far as engagement and everything and I had a live official come up to me after the play ended today and just said you know the content you guys are putting out is awesome and and we really appreciate you know the the kind things you have to say and and you guys actually being fair because it's you know rare nowadays to find someone who's actually fair in the game of golf and I hope the listeners really appreciate that.
1: Well I just feel like if you're an honest golf fan and you experience the tournament that we did this week, how you can not enjoy it. I mean, I would legit like to know. I mean, if you don't like the music, okay, that's something. But how do you actually go out and experience the golf and say, this isn't a good product or this is something that I wouldn't want to watch again. It's like I don't – I could not comprehend that enjoying golf and and not liking
0: what I saw today. If you watched the golf today and you did not like it, you're not a real golf fan. And if you decided not to watch the golf today, you're not a real golf fan. Because that was high-level golf with more excitement than a normal tournament, right, with the team aspect, and you had Cam Smith going low, you had Harold Varner going low, and you had Dustin Johnson up there and, and Brandon Grace playing unbelievable golf. That was about as exciting of a nine holes as you can possibly get for a regular season professional golf event. Just the product itself, if you did not watch that or not enjoy that, you don't truly love the game of golf. Well,
1: just think about the playoff that you had, Sam. You had Dustin Johnson, who is a surefire Hall of Fame player, and who's – is he in his quote-unquote prime? No, but he's playing elite golf and playing uh, close to a level – He's not too far removed from his prime. No, he, it's not, he's not a Lee Westward or an Ian Poulter type of figure. I mean, he's still going to contend in major championships going forward. You have – Might win it next week. You have a Cam Smith who's not even 30 years old yet, just came off winning a major and is – I mean, if he keeps going along this track, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Then you have Brandon Grace, who's shot in the lowest score ever in a major championship. I, I get it as a real burke deal, when the conditions are easy. It's kind of a little bit fluky deal, but it's still a hell of a record
0: to have. Also, so, now it has the lowest round in live history as well. Yeah, it's uh, he's Along uh, with Harold Varner after today.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and Cam Smith too. I mean, there was right? a decent amount of 61s. Smith, yeah out there but but no just alluding to what you're saying earlier sam about everyone just being so great to us and i mean whether it be from the staff at live doing it all, all the great media people shout out to benji
0: helping ben, us out with ben, the radio show ben benji was great helping benji, us jane and marine all those people with live those Everybody helped us out and really helped us put out the best content possible. It wouldn't have been possible without well, them. One thing them.
1: I saw, too, is just the hard work that they have to put in, right? And just the great job that they do. I feel like that, that was really cool to, to see I know
0: that. I've said this before on previous podcasts or radio shows we've done this week. One of my biggest surprises was... You know, with Liv being so new, I wasn't expecting everything to be first class. I thought it would be kind of, you know, a cluster, and it wasn't. Everything was very first class, and they had everything ready to go, and it was like, you know, they've been doing this for years, and they've been doing it for a year. And and it was... To me, the funnest part of the week, I
1: mean, with the exception of this afternoon because the the golf was so great, but just those first two days, Sam, of being able to go to the practice rounds with no other fans there, just the media people. uh, big time. All the great up-close and all the people we got to talk to during that experience, that was something I will never, ever forget.
0: Speaking of that, we should tell our fans that one interesting thing, at least as far as the media and the players go – is that live doesn't allow a whole lot of media members inside the ropes. And I think that that's a good thing for the players. If you notice on TV, I guarantee you next time you watch live notice that there's not media members walking inside the ropes. There's a few that, you know, need to be inside the ropes for certain reasons. But other than that, those players are inside the ropes by themselves. And I think that that's a really cool deal, but, Liv makes up for it, whether it be on the range or the putting green or in the practice rounds to the media, right? Yeah, the only people that are getting
1: those those in, inside the ropes like that are, like, the professional live cameramen. These are the right. people that do, like, the social media stuff and also all the hits on their website. And then you have the the people that are keeping track of the score on the iPad. yeah. Yeah, th- those kinds of people and the volunteers. But other than that, no. They're, they're, they're like,
0: celebrities to keep them away from the fans and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. I saw a couple of those. But other than that... My point is, I I think that, that that's one of those live things that the players requested. I, I guarantee you, that's what it had to be.
1: I remember I was talking to a, a volunteer yesterday, coming back on the bus, and he was on one of the holes. I think it was it was number six or fifteen, one of the par threes and said that there was a, a kind of a rope malfunction, you know, where they, wrote, they tried to rope it off, but then it wasn't. And said a fan or a couple of fans actually ended up getting through and were inside the ropes when Phil was up there <laughs> and said Phil was pissed about it. Pissed. Yeah. So I do think that you're 100% right on, on them wanting that. And just a few people I, I want to thank here. You know, obviously I want to thank your dad, the Hunt Man in particular. I mean, all the him coming on with us for the podcast, coming on with us this morning on the radio show and all the stuff that he did for us this week. Could not thank him enough.
0: We, we absolutely need to thank him. We got to say... Get well soon to our man, Woody.
1: Woody has been a little bit under the weather. I mean, he was supposed to be up here multiple days this week. He was only able to make it... On Wednesday, this is how long it's been, Sam, on Thursday before the tournament started, we went to the merchandise tent, got Woody a, a little Range Goats t-shirt with his <laughs> uh, merchandise still, still sitting in my car, because I, right. I still hadn't seen him, so hopefully I don't uh, don't run off with it, and also, <laughs> too, just want to thank our listeners, Sam, on and off the course, I mean, we had people hitting us up on social media, telling us we were doing a great job, we had some haters hitting us up on social media,
0: saying, oh, oh, hey, we got I a I forgot peach- to tell you this, we got invited to go play Southern Hills. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, by by one of our listeners today. No way. Yeah, so we'll have to uh, definitely reconnect with that. listener. Yeah, let's uh, let's reconnect with the uh, Mr. <laughs> listener there. That, no, 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 that'll be, that'll be that'll, oh, that's a pretty good news.
1: Uh, Never met him in my life. So. Hopefully and, he's telling us the truth. <laughs> and, and, yeah, well, we get we get pranked. We show up. Hey, we got tea time. I know you don't. So, yeah, but uh, but no, and also too, just the on the course people we saw. I mean, we had people come up to me. I mean, I had people call me T Dub. I don't think a lot of people know my name's Taylor. People so,
0: don't know your real name, and
1: that is totally fine with me. It's a girl's name, so I don't have much of a, a problem with that. And then. One
0: last thing. The one with the Y is.
1: Yeah. That, that's
0: good. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. At least it's
1: not E-R. That's right. uh, Yeah. And then the, the last thing I want to say here, Sam, is, is that I want people to, to realize this because I realized it even more this week going out to the live event. There are so many beautiful women in this world. It's a freaking joke. <laughs> God dang, it's mind-blowing. Like, I'm out on this conversation. Let's put it this way. If you're with someone solely for their looks, it's you, there's so much more out there that you're missing. Make sure you find someone with a good personality because there are plenty of good looks to go around, Sam. That is something I learned very, very vividly this week. It was, uh, it was, it was a pretty great tournament scenery-wise for sure. <laughs>
0: I don't want to get a married man like yourself in trouble. (laughs) I'm out on this conversation. I just don't have anything to say. Uh, What I do have to say is it's been a great week. I'm ready to get home. I'm tired. We put out a lot of content. We're kind of delirious right now. But, man, what a week. From the start of the week... Taylor Gooch giving us all the time from even before the start of the week with Charles House setting everything up and, you know, really making Live Tulsa happen. and um, And then, obviously, the content we put out on Wednesday and Thursday, being able to access these players. And then throughout the tournament, it could not have been more of a success. People know that I am higher on Live than a lot of people, and it just reinforced after being there live, that live is doing what's right for the golf world, and I cannot be happier to support something that I know is going to be a success. T W.
1: Yeah, this is, this is not going to be the last live event contestant. It's not going to be the last successful live event contestant. No, this is – it's been great for the game of golf. Not only is it is it great entertainment, but it's made the PGA Tour realize things that they needed to change over the long run, which was the main reason I wanted to live to even be started in the first place. And so I feel like golf today is in a lot better place than it was last year, which I mean there's going to be some people that disagree with that, but I I think that it's in a marvelous place, not from just a viewership perspective, but the interaction and just how, how much – Fans and ca- more casual people are starting to play the game.
0: People loved it this week. I didn't hear one negative word about live in person. I will definitely be back to a live event because I think that live is definitely coming back to Oklahoma. Uh, T Dub. Let's get to the press conference with the Stingers GC and the individual champion, Dustin Johnson. After the round, we were able to ask him some questions and Stingers some questions after the round, and they gave some very great answers, not just about their wins this week, but the experience in Oklahoma, live being in Oklahoma for the first time as a whole. Here are Stinger GC and your individual Live Tulsa Champion, Dustin Johnson.
4: Okay, everybody, let's welcome our champions. We have our individual champion, Dustin Johnson, the captain of Four Aces GC. Congratulations. Thank and you. we have the team champions. We have Stinger GC. We have Dean Burmester, Charles Schwartzel, Captain Lou Yousazen, and Brandon Grace. Welcome, guys, and congratulations. Start over here with you, DJ. That was a battle out on the last hole. You had, you know, triple bogey earlier in the day. You were able to come back and take it home. What was going through your mind all day long?
5: Um, Well, not a whole lot until I made 7 on 10. And then, <laughs> then things, you know, obviously got a little more interesting. And um, But I was able to battle back and, you know, made a nice birdie on the next hole on 11. Hit some really nice shots on 12 and 13. Just so did Grace. We both, we all missed really short putts on 12 and 13 um but yeah i mean played just played solid obviously made a really nice putt on um on 18 in regulation and then another good one in the playoff
4: and how does this compare to your win in boston
5: um, i mean all wins are, are good so it'd be right it'd be the same um i want to win you know as much as possible but obviously winning in a playoff too you know for the second time um next time I'd like to win without going into a playoff (laughs) would be a lot less stressful
4: and you're obviously in great form now going into the pg championship next week do you feel ready to go like you can take that home too
5: yeah the game's in really good shape I feel like I'm doing everything really well right now um so yeah I'm really looking forward to next week obviously get up there tonight and then get out and get a little practice in tomorrow
4: Great. And Stingers, I was just chatting with you guys. It's been almost exactly a year since I've had you guys up here. It's really awesome to see you back. Tell us a little bit about your day. I know, Brandon, obviously, you had an amazing day out there, and, you know, playoff happened, but, you know, you guys all battled it out. finally got him, though. (laughs) (laughs) It was going back and forth between the Stinger and the Aces all day, and you guys were able to eke it out. Just tell us. We'll start with you, Louis.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was just a score scoreboard watcher today. Um I saw my team had it all under control. But um but yeah it was interesting to see, you know, Dean made Dean made like a twelve foot on sixteen and then Birdie. Um Brandon birdied seventeen. Um and we were driving down, we saw DJ missed missed the short putt on seventeen and then um you know obviously even birdieing eighteen so um look it was it was a little stressful because i had to figure out who's the two guys that are going to play and <laughs> the playoff because if brandon's in his playoff then the two two of us need to go and play um the other playoff but uh luckily didn't get to that and uh, i'm just proud of these guys how they played um the whole week and um you know it's nice to get a second win as a team
4: brandon tell us about your day and yeah, it was is good. this sweet um, for you
6: no not really I played really well um you know, when you get when you get to put yourself in that situation, that you're doing something right. And um, played really good, made putts when I needed to. You know, especially on 17, and had a good two putt on 18. And um, you know, I thought I made my putt in the first playoff hole. But um, it's going to be one of those days where um, you had to dig deep, play well. it's um, Just you know, at the end it was not bittersweet. But um, you know, I know I've, I've you know put in a lot of hard work, and it's paid off. And um, you know, the team really wanted this one. Um, you know, we've been. We've been fourth a few times, and the you know we kind of got over the line to get to to the top three a um, couple of weeks back, and um, you know this is a big one for us. So now we can push forward.
4: And Charles, how does it feel to be back up here from from London last year?
2: know <laughs> oh, it's great. You know the guys the guys played so well. Um, you know I've been myself been playing good, but just not making any putts. And then um, after the rain delay, I went out and I went five hundred and six holes and made some putts. It felt great, <laughs> you know, and helped the team out. So um yeah Dean and Brandon has been playing some fantastic golf and uh was nice to contribute and um you know we've been so close so many times this year been really consistent
7: and it's just nice to finally get a win
4: and Dean you've been playing awesome golf since you got to live golf do you think this team element has really contributed to that
7: yeah I think so um being South African, we grew up in team sport. Team sport is massive for us. So to come here with three guys that I really admire and three really great friends is really special. And it's, it's going to be tough to emulate. Um, since I've been here, obviously, I've been playing great. And to make that putt on 16 was bit sweet. You know, I was really, really chuffed. And then to know that Brandon birdied 17 when we were driving on the cart, like Louie and I were going nuts. <laughs> and we were, uh, we were really excited to get to the green and see what was going to happen up 18. Um, but yeah, from you know, I'm 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 just ecstatic to be. I'm glad he phoned me. I'm glad Louis phoned me, and um I'm here to stay, man. I'm, <laughs> if you'll have me, I'm, I'm here to stay. I, I like the smell of champagne on my shirt. So,
4: <laughs> congratulations, guys. I'm kicking over to Mike.
3: Thank you. DJ. Obviously, people will look at the rain delay as kind of slowing your momentum. Would you agree, disagree with that?
5: I mean, everybody had to come in, so but. I mean, came out. I hit a re- nice shot in, in the eight, you know, to start the rain delay. Good drive on nine. Didn't hit a great wedge shot. Just hit a little too hard. But um, made a nice four. But, yeah, it was – I mean, I wish I could blame it on the rain delay. It wasn't the rain delay's fault, though. No. Um, just n- number 10 really was the only, only hole where I had a little bit of hiccup and everything that could go wrong went wrong on that hole. And, yeah, happens. But, you know, battled back and obviously put myself in a position to – You have a chance to win and and ended up getting it done.
3: And, uh, Louis, are you uh, – was it the bry every day that was the key (laughs) element? The bry every day.
2: Yeah. um, I was – so I did a good bry back home or at the house we rented, and Brendan went out and shoot nine under. So then I knew now I need to do it every night, the same thing. So, um, yeah, I was the cook, um, the chef this week, so – boys if you do this every week I'll, I'll be the chef every time so uh, yeah that was it was good fun
3: in all seriousness obviously you had the ribbons for John Bland this week I asked Brandon this on Friday he said maybe he was looking down on you do, do you guys did you feel that during the week yeah,
2: look it's um, it's amazing how these things happened um, Blandy was inspiration to all of us growing up watching him play and and, you know, Brandon had more to do with him, um, you know, down at Fancourt. And, and it's sad to see a legend like that go, you pass away. And, and um, it was just nice to sort of uh, know in the back of the, our minds that he was, he was there with us this week.
3: And, and Brandon, just through your, the, the final putt in regulation, obviously that was to, to get into the playoff, but he also had the team element involved. How, I mean, did you know, did you know all the elements that were in play that, on that putt?
6: Listen, I just didn't want to miss the putt, so we don't. So the aces pip us by one again. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought DJ's putt made it all square. You know, we were going, da- we were gonna, you know, go down in the playoff. And I was just wondering who Louis was gonna pick for the for the two other guys. But um, no, listen. Um, at the end of the day, you just, you know, you want to get out there. The last thing you want to do is miss a putt on the last hole. So um, just went through the routines, managed to, to hit two good putts. You know, I actually hit a great first putt; it was straight online, and um, it's just nice, you know, finishing it out and then knowing that um, you know the team team was successful
3: and louie just getting back like jane said after a year you guys have been knocking on the door so close weather times it was a bit frustrating that you were getting so close and, and not able to to get the uh, champagne celebration
2: yeah but the standard of golf is just on sundays is so high that you know the guys come through if you have two guys that shoot um you know six seven under then uh, and a the third guy three four under you know it's tough to to, um, to do the same so uh, you, you need to play some good golf on the Sunday especially and um, I mean we've our scoring was good always but on the Sunday just not the way it should be and uh, today you know I played with Dean, Dean played unbelievable Could have probably went to 8-9 under um, it did some great putts that didn't go in and, and Brandon you know played nicely and Shaw played good so uh, you, you, need, you need that Sunday round where, where 3 or, or all the guys really step up and, and just get good scores Thank
3: you. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Hey, guys. Teddy Fett and Luckiest Golfers on Earth. Stingers, congratulations. Great to see you guys up there again. DJ, my question is for you. I I had asked you yesterday
1: about the the PGA Championship. Obviously, your game is trending in the right direction. Um, How do you feel about going to Oak Hill now?
5: Yeah, um, I think I I did pretty well there in 13. I mean, obviously, that's a long time ago. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, it's a really good golf course. It's going to be a tough i like tough golf courses it's going to play tough from from what i hear the rough's really deep so um yeah looking forward to it i feel like uh the game's in, in really good form going into next week and so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens are you are you
3: heading out tonight or tomorrow i'm
5: heading up as soon as i'm done with this right on well
3: well good luck next week and, and guys congratulations again stellar play
5: thank you thank you thank you
1: Hey, Congratulations, guys! Great stuff, DJ. You, you had been putting so well this week. You missed a few short putts there at the start of the uh, back nine. Did you tell yourself anything to, to re- kind of set yourself and get back on track?
5: Um, no, just I mean I was hitting good putts. It wasn't like you know, yeah, I was hitting them good. So just read them a little bit better. But some some of the putts you get out here, they're you get like double. You get a lot of double breakers, um, even from pretty close range, just because of the slopes and the greens. And they're tricky to read. Um, I did really—I feel like me and A.J. did a good job this week reading them. Um, can't read them all right, though.
1: And, Louie, as the team captain, go through and kind of rank your guys on who you think will party
2: the hardest tonight versus who will party the least. <laughs>
7: that's
2: that's going to be a tight contest. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be evenly... Um, I think Dean might beat this all <laughs> this
7: is my first one so I'm going to fucking celebrate this <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> if I didn't have the PJ next week I'd
5: celebrate with you I'm
7: playing too bro but you know it's okay <laughs> that's right you are yeah well take hey. it easy
5: sorry you won't see me tomorrow bro <laughs> I'm not gonna see you in the morning out of the golf course. No,
6: maybe late afternoon. <laughs>
5: <laughs> this would be for DJ and Brandon. There were two guys who shot sixty
6: one today. Brandon of course you know what that feels like. How aware are you guys of what other players are doing on a day like this? I'm just happy he bogeyed one of his last holes. He didn't take the record. Um but yeah, it it happens. You know, um I think the the good thing was, you know, DJ was two ahead, I was a few ahead of Baba. Um that was kind of who I was. Who I was worried about the whole day. Um, obviously, you obviously going to get those guys like Cam that, that win lights out, and it's going to happen. You know, the, the class of players out here is, is just grown and grown, and there's some some great scores that be played and, and going up there. But um, you know, when we see them great making birdies, you know, you know what you have to do, and um, you know, manage. Just happy that both of us managed to um, you know, make the things count when we had
2: to.
0: This is a question for all of you guys, but DJ, I'll start with you. The crowds look great out there, especially day one and day two. Would you guys like to see Oklahoma have another live event? And what were your overall thoughts of the fan support this week?
5: Yeah, I thought the fans were were great this week. You know, tons of fans out there. Obviously, there was a a ton of people out today, too, until the rain delay. And then, I mean, still a lot of of fans came back, um, you know, right at, at the end there. There was... You know, some good crowds so yeah i was really pleased with the turnout and um the vibe out here this week was was really good and then what about you guys stingers
7: uh yeah i reiterate what dj said um i think the fans are awesome and i think um oklahoma and tulsa starved of great golf and i think we brought that this week so i'm hoping to come back and i think we'd like to come back to the same golf course right so <laughs> we can defend this crown. <laughs>
0: And then, DJ, mentioned you played Oak Hill in 2013. Have you been up there this year for any preparation? Or, Dean, have you been up there? I know you both are playing next week.
7: I haven't seen it, so um, gotcha. I'm going to go on DJ saying the rough is a bit long. So Yeah, well, no, well,
5: the only reason I know is because Patrick P. Reed went up. Um, I think he was up there Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
7: Okay.
5: Well, good luck next week, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Just for DJ, real quick, just to... Uh, the ending there was obviously a really cool way to end it—a three-person playoff going into the grandstands. You all guys had putts almost from the same spot. Can you kind of describe the moment from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're in a playoff. But you have tons of fan- everybody's around your team. You know, all, all the other guys are, are sitting there watching. Um, so, you know, it, it's a big moment, and it's one that you know we all obviously were trying to take advantage of. Um, I was just lucky enough to roll it in. And then, Brandon, for you, uh, can I get your take on what you thought as Tulsa as a host and Oklahoma as a host for this tournament? Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, last time we were here for the PJ
6: um, last year was amazing. Um, you know, this week has been great. I think it's, in my eyes, it's definitely been the, the biggest fan turnaround and um, turnout in, in the States that we've had. Um, it was awesome. You know, yesterday was amazing. Today was good, like you just said, until the weather came in. But all in all, you know, the guys sticked around right to the end. And, um, you know, that's what makes events
0: like this special.
4: Hey, okay, you, you. got to catch plane, and these guys got to go celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you
0: guys. Yes. Thank you. And that was the voice of Dustin Johnson, your individual champion at Live Tulsa at Cedar Ridge, and also the voices of Team Stinger GC, which is comprised of Captain Louis Tazen, Dean Burmester, Charles Schwartzel, and obviously Brandon Grace, great stuff from them. You heard in that press conference that Dean Burmester and Dustin Johnson are headed up to New York to play in the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. They're getting on a flight tonight and will be there tomorrow. 18 of the live players will be in the PGA Championship this week at Oak Hill. Hill, uh, it's time to hit a break here on the seventy-third hole podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. If you're not getting all of your local golf news from Golf Oklahoma and the great people Kim McLeod, Chris Swafford, who are doing a great job up here in Tulsa, then I don't know what you're doing because this is the perfect time of year. Not only with Live Tulsa going on, we also had an Oklahoman with a great finish at the Byron Nelson this week. We're actually going to talk about that after the break. But But I know there were great stories on Golf Oklahoma about that. And we have regionals coming up this week that we are going to recap on our next podcast coming up later in the week. Probably on Tuesday, we'll do a regionals recap through the first two rounds, and then we will preview the PGA championship on our next podcast. So definitely make sure to go hit that subscribe button. It's the green button on Spotify and the purple button on Apple. It's absolutely free and it just helps us out. It's actually called the follow button on Apple, still called subscribe on Spotify. And then Follow us on social media at Sam Humphreys34 on Twitter and at seventy-third hole on Instagram and also the 73rd Hole on Twitter. And T Dub, give your Twitter handle. You were putting out great stuff this week. T underscore Williams101 is Twitter. T Williams underscore 10 on Instagram. Big time stuff coming from the team at the 73rd Hole, and only more to come throughout this summer of golf. Stay tuned after the break and we will get into more things in the world of professional golf here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Old Podcast.
1: Hey everyone, T Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends
0: We're back here on the other side of the break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. T.W., before the break, I mentioned that an Oklahoman had a great week. At the Byron Nelson on the PGA Tour down in Dallas, the AT&T Byron Nelson, at least it was for this year, AT&T is dropping their sponsorship with the Byron Along Nelson. Along with a lot of other sponsors yeah, want, on the PGA Tour. We'll, we'll get, and we'll, we won't
1: give it, <laughs> and Also, just real quick, real quick before we go, the, the whole Raytheon thing, them not giving them a sponsor, I don't know if you saw that, I am verbally a proud Raytheon stockholder, so that kind of pisses me off that they didn't give them a sponsorship, I just want to throw
0: that out there. There you go. Pisses T-dub off. I know nothing about any of that, but all I know is that this week it was a non-elevated event on the PGA Tour. Our man Austin Eckroat did have a hell of a week, but the, the real field, the best field in golf, was up in Tulsa, and 20% of the ticket sales for Live Tulsa did come from the state of Texas, which is interesting considering how big of a mainstay that the Byron Nelson has been for so many years. I think part of that is one of the reasons why AT&T did decide to leave. But, T-Dub, let's dive into the golf because they did have a heck of a golf tournament, even though it was one of those shootouts again at TPC Craig Ranch, which is the easiest course in professional golf. Uh, Jason Day, back to his... World number one form, T-Dub, or maybe not quite back to that, but he has been playing great golf all year on the PGA Tour. Wins the golf tournament at 23 under par. One shot over Siwoo Kim and the GOAT from Edmund North. The greatest player, in my opinion, at least most talented player to come out of Edmund North Austin Ecrow shoots six under after sleeping on the lead in the final round. Could not be happier for Austin Ecrow and his family. Steve Eckroat, great people, could not be happier for them. Scotty Scheffler shoots six under on the round, finishes at 20 under, tied for fifth, along with Terrell Hatton at 20 under. I skipped over CT C. Pan there, did finish solo fourth place for the golf tournament, but Jason Day getting the win at the Byron Nelson a little over a year after his mother passed away. It's interesting how golf just gives you those storylines, T-Dub. And, Jason Day, this has been something that I saw coming since you know a couple months ago when you just saw week in, week out, he's gaining a full shot on these fields, on the greens. He's one of the best putters in the world and continues to play consistent golf. It was just a matter of time before he was hoisting a trophy T-Dub. Jason Day in the winner's circle again for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah, it was really beautiful. See, if our man Austin Eckroat wasn't going to win, I'm really happy that it was Jason Day, one of my favorite golfers that I've really ever watched in my entire life. It was really hard, really hard for me to watch whenever he was going through all his injury stuff. I mean, just such an elite player was back in 2015. And it just really slipped away, and then even coming this tournament, Sammy, he, he had shown such great form, but did miss the cut at Wells Fargo, so you're thinking, well, is he going to kind of come off of this great form that he'd had? And no, he just did the exact opposite of that, and coming out and winning this weekend. look like he's going into good form, going into Oak Hill as well, Sam. I mean, I think that's going to be something that we're going to have to look into. He did finish T8 there in 2013 when they contested it. Obviously, Jason Day, or I'm not, uh, Jason Duffner was who won uh, the tournament uh, 10 years ago now. there, So, uh, that, that this win for Jason they actually moved him up to fifth in the FedEx Cup. So that's pretty interesting. But even better for our man Austin Eckrode, move him up into 77. So if he can just have a few more good tournaments in these next couple months, he can get himself in that top seventy sandwich, which is even more crucial this year than it's ever been.
0: Yeah, and that's why if he could have somehow gotten that extra shot and, you know, somehow beat – Jason Day in that playoff, it would have been so big for his schedule next year, obviously, with these non-elevated PGA Tour events becoming basically opposite field events, T-Dub. It's going to be tough for guys that don't have that status to get in these elevated events, Um, you know, coming up next year. Obviously, he can get in a few of them. But next year, the limited field, no-cut, elevated events are going to be tough for guys, a young guy like an Austin Eckroat to really dive in and, and really make his mark in these PGA Tour elevated events. And so... That was disappointing for Austin Ekro, but at the same time, I mean, the guy sleeps on the lead and shoots six under. It's just not his day. When Jason Day goes out there and shoots nine under in the final round, it was clearly Jason Day's day, t
1: well and, and you look at Austin as well. I mean, he lost for the event. He lost about half a shot around the greens. And whenever you do that and you only lose by one for the tournament, you got to think that man if he just hit a couple of better chips here or there, he would have been able to to probably hoist his trophy when it comes to all said and done. But no, just the the form that he was able to show. I mean, he went bogey free. This afternoon, Sam, whenever he held a tie for the lead, being a rookie out there in the PJ Tour, I don't care how easy the course is playing. That That's very, very good stuff. He was only two under through his first 11 holes, so if he would have been able to get a little bit of a better start there in the middle, uh, number five and number nine were par fives, and he parred both of those holes, so that was definitely something that set him back. But was able to finish strong and definitely vault himself up the leaderboard because did even finish tied second with, uh, with Siwoo Kim. And he mentioned earlier, Sam, had he been able to get up into uh, and win this tournament? even if he had gotten into a playoff and lost, to have been solo second compared to just tied for second. would have been a lot more FedEx points. And I was Haun- talking
0: about next year. I mean, that would have gotten him into the PGA next week, too. Yeah.
1: I mean, and so the point of it being is that Austin has so much good golf ahead of him. It's just every player deals with this. It's whenever you first get out there, you know, not everyone does what Jordan Speed did and come out and win the first and is when he's a rookie and all that. So it's and it takes time for these things to transpire. And Austin is slowly but surely getting his way there. Just needs to show a little bit more consistent form throughout a 72 hole tournament to be able to hoist a trophy, even though a tournament like this was really just kind of a birdie fest. Just go out and see how many you can make, and we'll add it up at the end. Yeah.
0: And I said this on the radio show this morning the word that I use to describe Austin Eckroat <coughs> is fearless. Because the guy has been elite at every single level of golf that he has played his entire life. He came into one of the best high school programs in the country at Edmond North and won the state championship as a freshman. What did he do in college? All he did was win a national championship at Oklahoma State with Matthew Wolf and those boys and Hayden Wood and all those guys up at Oklahoma State in college and then in just a short amount of time, gets his PGA Tour card, and then is sleeping on the lead at the Byron Nelson. Uh, the kid is going to make so much money and is going to be a force in professional golf for many years to come. Uh, like you said, it's it's a learning curve. What He's missed 10 cuts so far on the season in 2023, but also has a 5th, a 12th, and now a tied for 2nd at the Byron Nelson this week. It's boomer bust for some of these young guys with a lot of talent, but the fact that he went out there today and shot six under and didn't really fall back. Jason Day just went out there and beat him. He should not hang his head whatsoever. That was really impressive stuff from Austin Ekro.
1: I mean, he's still only 24 years old. I mean, the kid has so much more golf to be played in the rest of his career. I mean, you look at he. Going into this event, he was the 190th ranked player analytically. He's going to move up pretty substantially after this tournament. He's not going to crack the top 100, I don't believe. But he's going to keep moving his way up there. And so just you have a couple more finishes, keep going up. The OWGR, which you say is is completely fluked, and it is. 210th going into this tournament, so he will move up in that aspect as well. So, I mean, in every single metric that Austin needs to move up in, he is going to after this event. It's going to keep on going. Uh, progressively that forward. And as I mentioned, I I believe we were talking about this on the radio show earlier. I mean, you look at what he did last year, Sam. I mean, going into the uh, when he was on the Corn Ferry Tour, he finished that season so great. Had a second place finish at the Tour Championship. Had a second place finish at the Memorial Health uh, Championship. I can't remember where that tournament was, but nevertheless, those were all came within his last six or seven events on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he he knows how to play good golf towards the end of a season. And if he can just even just a couple of tournaments, if he has another top five finish, he's
0: going to put himself in prime position to make sure he's in that top seventy. No doubt about it. And he definitely has the talent to do that. T-Dub, the last thing that I want to get to from the Byron Nelson is Scotty Scheffler. As we head into the PGA Championship next week at Oak Hill, it's the same thing that's been hindering him all year. It's the flat stick. He's one of the best, if not the best, ball striker in the world right now. But the putter just continues to hinder him. This week out of the top 10 players on the leaderboard him and Ryan Palmer putted the worst out of the top 10 guys at the Byron Nelson it just doesn't make sense why he struggles so much on the greens he would be blitzing fields if he even gained half a shot per tournament on the greens per round uh, but right now i mean the the guy is just not confident with the flat stick whatsoever
1: I mean, scroll through here, and what do you know? He's second in the field and strokes gained to the green. The only person higher was Jason Day this week, and Jason Day putted a little bit better, and he won by beating him by three shots. So that's what it, that's what it takes at this stage. Whenever you get on a course that is an absolute birdie fest, it doesn't matter if you hit every shot to six feet. You're gonna miss. You're gonna miss some of those, especially if you're putting as bad as Scheffler is right now. And so, no, this is. I think it's something that is a little bit worrisome. But the thing with Scotty is that he's so immensely talented that he can get the putter figured out at really any stretch uh, of this year, and he'll he'll get it rolling pretty good. So he could turn it around. But looking back on it, Sam, I mean, he hasn't – he's been around zero on strokes game putting a decent amount of, of tournaments. But the last time that he actually gained a substantial amount on the greens was all the way back at the Genesis earlier this year in February. So he's just been – not even streaky these last few months. He's been piss poor on the greens, really. And so he's going to have to get that figured out going next week in Oak Hill because while it is a ball striker's golf course, you definitely need to hit some iron shots around there. If if you're not putting good in a major championship,
0: good luck to you. So this is a little preview for our PGA Championship preview, t Previewing the preview. A little preview for the preview. So when you think about Scottie Scheffler, and how he's been playing recently, striping the ball but struggling with the putter, does that make you want to pick him more at a tournament like Oak Hill in the PGA Championship where ball striking is going to be a premium? Or does it scare you that... You know he's going to make the cut and be, you know, in contention, but maybe fall back on the weekend because the putter just is, like I said, been hindering him all year from winning as many golf tournaments as he could have.
1: Well, I think it depends on the value, right, that, that you're talking about. If you're talking like a DraftKings play, I would take John Rahm over Scotty Scheffler for sure. But I damn sure take Scotty Scheffler over Rory right now. You know, so. I guess
0: my, my question should be, do you think he's due or do you think that the ball striking is, you know, saving him? I, I think it could be a little bit of both.
1: Well, you look at how he's done his last, let's just say, 10 events. I'll read them off here. 11-10th, 4th fourth, win, 4th, 12th win, 11, 7th, 2nd, 9th. It's
0: unbelievable. It's and, been... and he's doing all of that while putting, you know, below average on the PGA Tour.
1: So, if you had to tell me, and this is probably what I'll say on the previous show, where do you think Scottie is going to finish? I think probably somewhere where he did around the Masters, where he's going to finish 10th, 11th, maybe crack a top five in there. But uh, I just don't feel like that he's making enough putts right now to go out and beat. Because there's going to be some player this week who does hit the ball good and make putts. It's just you're going to have to find the combination of both of those and Scotty Scheffler. I just haven't seen him make very many putts, but... When you, like I was saying earlier, when you're as talented as he is, you can turn it on from a flip of a hat like that. So he could go out in the first round of the PGA and shoot
0: nine under, make everything he looks at, and then all of a sudden we have a different story. No doubt about it. My last last thing from the Byron Nelson shout out to K. Tway. Kevin Tway goes out and shoots eight under in the final round to vault himself all the way to eighteen under for the golf tournament, tied for eleventh. Good to see Kevin Tway throwing some low rounds out there as well. A guy that grew up, won a U.S. Junior, was super talented. Has dealt with some injuries, um, you know, and some issues. Not only you know with the stomach over the past couple of years, but it finally looks like he's getting back to. Uh, Playing some really solid golf.
1: Yeah, he he really is, and that is a good thing to see. I mean, another player, which we say with all these OSU guys, they're just so immensely talented. You just expect them to to really come out on the scene and be like a lot of the other players have been in the past. Unfortunately, Kevin, he he's, he kind of went through that stretch right where he would he would win a tour event that really wasn't a big tournament play mediocre for like two years, then win another event that really wasn't that big. And then kind of do the same thing again, but has been, he's what's crazy is that he's still only 34 years old. I mean, it feels like he's been playing for, it feels like he has been on tour for 34 years. He has,
0: he's been on tour for like the last, what? 15 years. And it's, it's good to see him do that because he had missed, what, five cuts
1: coming into this tournament, had finished 38th in opposite field event. So the last time he made a cut in what was not an opposite field tournament was the Honda Classic where he finished 63rd. So he has desperately, desperately been searching for some good golf. And ironically, one thing that's been Kevin's weakness is off the tee, he has not gained strokes on the tee going all the way back. To the, the player's championship this year where he missed the cut there but at least hit the ball good off the tee, he is just, he's, he's always been an extremely long player, but his accuracy has been atrocious this year. So maybe kind of do something like I heard Peter Uline talking about this where you, you kind of – not necessarily playing for fairways a lot of times. You're really just trying to hit as far down there as you can and just try to make sure you have angles in the flags. Maybe Kevin needs to start doing something like that because he, he can hit the ball so far and overpower these golf courses – that uh, he needs to start taking advantage of that because the strokes gained off the tee for the
0: Kyle player he is has not been up to his standard. And part of that has to do with confidence. You know (laughs) better than anybody, T-Dub, that when you're not healthy, you're not able to gain confidence because you're not allowed or you're not able to practice as much as you might like on on certain areas of your game. And Kevin Tway is finally healthy again. Like I said, uh, shoots eight under in the final round and finishes tied for 11th for the golf tournament. T-Dub, great show today, great week up here at Live Tulsa. We will be back later in the week with our... Preview for the PGA Championship and our, you know, through two rounds, probably recap. If we're trying to get our PGA Championship preview out, we'll probably uh, have to do our podcast in the middle of NCAA regionals. Obviously, there's a Norman regional coming up this week. Uh, what is that? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Yeah. This week? Mm-hmm. It's coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday down in Norman. Definitely go support Ryan Hibble and those boys down there. They're playing some great golf, probably the hottest team in the country right now. And they are hosting a regional at Jimmy Austin. Also, you can see Ludwig Aberg. Uh, I think it might actually be pronounced Ludwig is how I heard people pronouncing it this week in the media center. Uh, So sorry to Ludwig if I've been pronouncing your name wrong for like three years now, but the guy's a hell of a player. Uh, Number one ranked amateur in the world right now. It's between him and Gordon Sargent for the Haskins Award. He will be down there as well, down in Norman. The guy that broke the Big 12 scoring record at the Big 12 Championships at Prairie Dunes. In bad weather, T-Dub. I can't wait to get down there for at least one day and see Lube Vigaber play some golf.
1: I mean, he's undoubtedly a top two amateur in the world right now. And, yeah, it's going to be – he's, he's going to light Jimmy Austin up. I, I truly feel like that. No, he's going to have great performance. OU is going to play really good. I, I would be absolutely shocked if they're – if they do not – we're not even talking about making it to nationals. If they don't win this regional, I would be pretty shy. Maybe they'll coast their way into it and finish third or something like that, which there'd be absolutely nothing wrong with that because there's no difference between winning and finishing fifth in this. deal. literally none whatsoever. We'll also have a OSU update. We we've talked for the last couple That's weeks right. that they got, going to Las Vegas. They got pretty lucky with their regional. Hopefully, they can take um, advantage of that. And um, we have your kangaroos out there. The the kangaroos right. out in that regional. As well, Also, too, this is not D1 talk, but uh, my Oklahoma Christian Eagles made it to the D2 National Championship, Um, so they'll be competing in that here in the next couple weeks. So, I mean, the state college golf right now, Sam,
0: is just blowing up. It absolutely is, and I cannot wait to cover more college golf coming up, not only this week with regionals, but the national championship for D1 coming up at Greyhawk. This week is regionals out at Jimmy Austin, and then we have – the national championship at the start of June. I think it's the last week of May. Last week of May, yeah. And that's out at Greyhawk in Arizona at Scott's, in Scottsdale. And then after that, we will have the Corn Ferry event at Jimmy Austin and mix in major championships on top of that. Plus, Live is after the PGA is headed to D.C. Uh, then we and have then the elevated-, elevated events on the PGA Tour. Dude, why do, you mean, th-
1: why do you think I said earlier that golf in the best place, was in a better place? It's than it was golf, golf
0: watching paradise right now, and this week at Live Tulsa really supplanted that in my mind. That right now it is the best it will ever be for fans to watch golf, and the reason being is because you're never going to get elite golf tournaments every single week like you have it this summer, where you got elevated events on the PGA Tour, and when you don't have elevated events on the PGA Tour, you have great tournaments like this with Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith battling it out down the stretch at Live Tournaments, and Taylor Gooch winning back-to-back. They're doing great stuff at Live on top of you know college golf if you want to watch that, and then you have the one major per month now, in professional golf, I mean, T-Dub, we have a busy summer coming up. Liv Tulsa was just the start of it all. Well, I mean, just to put it into perspective, right, The
1: probably you look back on it the last time many ever weeks, probably the most boring actual week of golf that we had was the Quail Hollow Tournament last week when Wyndham Clark had a five-shot lead coming down the stretch. And that's still an elevated event and one of the best golf courses in the world. And it was an OSU guy. Exactly, so it's even the bad week, Sam. I've turned out to be exquisite golf watching performance, and I feel like that's going to be absolutely the case going forward in all these tournaments. I think that the first time that we don't have a live or have a live tournament or an elevated event is the RBC Canadian Open, and that's going to still be a great field. I mean, that yeah. was where Rory and JT last year battled
0: it out. So I mean, it's there's going to be great golf. When people said that there would never be crowds like that at live.
1: Yeah, look, just watch today or, 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 or
0: Adelaide. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, or the last couple of days because, like I said, the crowds Friday and Saturday were a lot more than they were
0: today. But the goalposts have shifted as far as the live debates go. I, I heard someone you know on Twitter tweeting at me saying that you know, oh, you know, they don't have as many people out at Live Tulsa this week at Cedar Ridge as they had at the uh, practice rounds for the PGA Championship. Well, what? obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, now we're comparing live events to major championships, Tito.
1: If you really, like I was saying earlier, if you hate the golf that was played today, I would like to know why. I mean, legitimately. Like, what was wrong with it? Like, yeah. okay, if you don't want to watch it, okay, that's fine. Go watch the PJ Tournament. It was a great tournament going on. Jason Day, a great winner over there. Our, our man Austin Eckrod almost won the tournament. Go watch that tournament. But unless you're just a full-blown hater, I don't know how you could not enjoy what was transpiring yeah. today at Cedar Ridge.
0: Yeah, and we like to call it how it is. Austin Ekro, obviously a great friend of the show and, and has been my buddy for a lot of years, but I'm still gonna call it how it is, T dub, that Liv Tulsa had a much better field this week than the Byron Nelson. Well, did. that's
1: a that's the point I'm gonna try to make here is that Trying to
0: call it how it is. You don't see that in the world of golf media anymore. Do you
1: do you really think that the people who are hating on Live if the PJ tour this week had Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Brendan Grace in a playoff that they'd be saying the same thing about the tour event, <laughs> oh, it's a shit tournament. I mean no one's playing. Like are you kidding me? Yeah. Hall of Famer's all over the place.
0: Well, and I think that we'll finally get to a place where the PGA tour and live are, are going to have to come to some sort of compromise. When you start seeing big time live names, like a, a Taylor Gooch this year being left out of major championships, eventually people are going to look at this and be like, let's use common sense. Yeah. The yeah but
1: saying yeah, this, this Raytheon thing I brought up earlier for anyone who doesn't understand Raytheon is a military contract company. Essentially they provide all the equipment there and, uh, PGA Tour denied a sponsorship because they Raytheon has made a deal with the Saudis to make missiles for them, essentially, okay. which is the reason they're not doing it. Which is setting a pretty strong precedent, Sam, because one, it shows that they're not going to. There's not going to be no meeting from the PGA Tour. They're they're not going to do that. They've already said that you don't even have to be the Saudis in general if you're doing direct any type of business with them, you're not going to be allowed to support our tour, and that's going to leave a lot of money on the oh, table. you
0: mean like FedEx did? This is coming from newsroom.fedex.com. FedEx launches international economy services in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I mean, the, the hypocrisy at this point, Sam, is literally out of freaking control. Can we just get all the best players in the world together and stop arguing and the PGA Tour can tell live? And guys like Phil Mickelson, who is finally getting players paid what they actually deserve, can owe them an apology, but let's just get together and use common sense and get guys like taylor gooch who is a top 20 player in the world uh into the u.s open please yeah i
1: mean the majors are what really matters sam i mean at the end of the day do i feel like these players need to go back to the pga tour and play in those elevated events no i don't i feel like that it's great the way it is now the elevated events have plenty of great players in them let them do their own thing let live have their 14 tournaments i guarantee you that
0: jay monahan wishes he just would have given live the fall series in the first place well, he keeps being very, very hard-headed about all this deal, which is it's— <laughs> One circuit is going up, and the other circuit is losing sponsors.
1: Well, it's it's interesting. One thing about the at deal is that at is trying to get out of the Byron Nelson deal, but yet they still have the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So it's it's not like AT&T is just completely getting out of this. You know, they're just getting out of— well, And hey, you and also
0: they, hear other stories like MasterCard and the Bay— At Bay Hill, you hear stories about them being upset that they were elevated, T-Dub. And then you hear stories about, you know, the Honda Classic and Jack Nicklaus being upset that they weren't elevated. And T-Dub, like the MasterCard, uh, you know, Bay Hill tournament, they were upset that they had to pay that purse that they didn't sign up to pay in the first place. And guess what? The PGA Tour is probably paying for part of that purse out of pocket, T-Dub.
1: Well, then you have... As you mentioned earlier, the Honda Classic, the Honda Classic's not coming back. Dell Technologies Match Play not coming back. Um, apparently, there was some rooming. I haven't confirmed this, but I was reading through and reading it that uh, that Porsche is dropping a, a sponsorship for the European Open. That was a pretty big tournament that they had. We so we haven't
0: even started on the DP World Tour banning these live players. Well, I asked finding these live players. It, it keeps blowing my mind how how ridiculous that it's gotten. <laughs> Think about that. If you're a DP World Tour fan or a fan of European golf, and the DP World Tour has a perfect opportunity to bring live players in and get stronger fields than they've ever had, and instead they find them and piss them off.
1: Well, it's exactly like our man. And
0: they go play in America on live.
1: It's like our man Jerry Fultz is saying. It's just a horribly run organization right <laughs> now. I mean, it's- <laughs> it just makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. Well, it, it makes sense because. As we know, they were in complete bed with the PGA Tour. And for whatever reason, they want to be the feeder tour to the PGA Which, So what? You're going to have the elevated events of so, the PGA Tour. You're going to have the non-elevated events. <laughs> then you're going to have the DP World Tour. So they're going to be, they when include Live. They're going to be
0: is the, the, DP the world fourth tour, level of tournament. Is the DP World Tour even at the level of the Corn Ferry Tour?
1: At this point, with all the guys that left there to go to Live, I would probably, it's pretty damn comparable
0: for it's, sure. It's comparable. So right now in the world of golf, you have the PGA Tour elevated events, Live. Non elevated events, the DP World Tour slash the Corn Ferry Tour, then the Asian Tour, and then you get on, then you have like a hundred other tours that get official World Golf ranking points that Liv doesn't. And we were out there in person. It's no exhibition out there. I just watched Dustin Johnson battle Cam Smith in a playoff. That was no exhibition out there that had big time tournament vibes to it, and the level of play was elite.
1: And what this all boils down to is is that I do not want the biggest tournaments in the world to become watered down. And unfortunately, with Taylor Gooch not in the U.S. Open currently, that is definitely happening. I'm very, very worried that we're not going to have the best uh, U.S. and European team at the Ryder Cup because of, of some stubbornness. I mean, you're telling me if Dustin Johnson's playing like he is now, he shouldn't be on that Ryder Cup team. Well, it's like I TG mean,
0: said when he was on with us on the podcast. Who's going to be the next Ryder Cup captain for Europe?
1: Well, Europe got absolutely shattered in this deal. I mean, yes, they have some young players now who they can at least form a team. But no, for a captain, I mean, they lost everyone. I mean, it's you, you're going to have to, as he said, go through some old captains that that you had in the past. But it's going to be a situation because, I mean, TG had been playing so good leading up to this. Obviously, Kepka's playing good. DJ's playing so good. I mean, hell, even I don't think this will happen, but let's say Bryson finds, keeps finding more form and wins two live events or something before the Ryder Cup. But You're going to tell me that his bombs wouldn't be very, very advantageous for a Ryder Cup-type situation? There's going to be a lot of questions to be had because – You didn't even mention Captain America. Well, he's not. there's not a chance in hell he gets picked, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. But we kind of boiled it down. We've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it a lot more when it – comes up to it there's essentially going to be two spots open on the U.S. team
0: and and they're going to go they should go to Dustin Johnson and either Brooks Kepka or Taylor Gooch whichever guys playing better at the time so yeah that's
1: that's really what I'm worried about right there is if the Ryder Cup something that happens every other
0: year and is just it might well, we saw how the excitement for the President's Cup last year went down because there well, that term any live that
1: tournament was an absolute joke. The international team was absolutely ransacked with players. They flipped the course around at Quill Hollow. It was an absolute travesty. But in my opinion, with the exception of the Masters, the Ryder Cup is my favorite tournament
0: in golf. And the, Scott Verplank calls it just as big as the Super Bowl.
1: And, and it's the fact that it happens every other year. It's only three days long. It's one of the few times where you can actively boo players and that no one cares because that's what you're supposed to do that's the whole thing about playing on home soil so no I, I am desperately desperately worried about the Ryder Cup I wasn't a few months ago because DJ had been playing good Kepka wasn't playing good TG had not found the form that he has but the fact that they're all playing so good now
0: hey this is that first test run by the way with that off season the off off season where these guys literally take off and don't work and you know practice as much as they normally would these guys are finally rounding back into form it just took them a little bit longer i think that guys like dustin johnson and uh, Cam Smith definitely took their time and enjoyed it over the offseason, and you're finally seeing them focus on golf again, and it's showing. And
1: and maybe next year, Liv will try to pack some more tournaments at the start of the year because it didn't seem like a lot of the guys were particularly ready for Augusta. They had only played, what, three tournaments before that, so maybe try to get four or five up there. So, No, there are definitely – I mean, everyone's going to say we're huge Liv supporters, and, and, like, I have no stake in this battle. Yes, we had a great experience this week at Liv. But it's like, I, I'm not getting
0: paid to talking about Liv's I've, payroll.
1: Yeah, I'm not being talked about how great the tour is and to slam the PJ Tour. I just love golf. And that is what this week showed. And it was great for our state, Sam. That is what people don't realize. You want to talk about where the money comes from? Well, you rather have corrupt people have all the money or would you rather have our community
0: have some of it? I mean, you can talk about 27 sponsors for the PGA Tour. You could go into all sorts of stuff if you want to play that game. The thing that I know is that I saw Elite Golf this week at Live Tulsa, and I also enjoyed watching the Byron Nelson this week. These tours can coexist. There just has to be some cooler heads prevail as far as the official World Golf ranking thing so we can give Live players, the Live players that deserve serve it into major championships t-dub and once we do that all will be well and good and it'll happen eventually because there's smart people on both sides you know i think there are smart people like a john rom on the pga tour side and there's very smart people like a charles howell on the side eventually the people with common sense are going to get together and say we need this is the end of this
1: Well, I'll say one positive thing about this is it's made some decent Twitter interactions. I mean, you have the Phil Mickelson, Eamon Lynch stuff that's going on, and and so it it does create a little bit of nice drama.
0: I will say this. If you wanted to make bukus of money, live PGA Tour Ryder Cup.
1: Once again, that's something the PGA Tour is probably too stubborn on. Oh,
0: they would never do it. Live would do it in a heartbeat, but the PGA Tour is too scared. The PGA Tour would definitely be favored.
1: Yeah, it depends on how many. If you did 12 players, for sure, B.J. Tur would definitely be heavily favored. But if you only did six players or something like that, it would be pretty damn close, in my opinion.
0: I mean, I'd have to go through and sit down. You'd have I, to sit down and think about it. Once we got past, I mean, obviously, John Rahm, Scotty Sheffler. So you'd have, you'd Let's have, talk about this for a second. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious.
1: You have Rahm, Sheffler, Rory, Cantlay, Shoffley. I mean, that's going to be a
0: tough that's squad tough. to beat right but there. But at the same time, you got... Cam Smith, Cam Smith, Brooks Koepka. Yeah, Taylor Gooch.
1: I, so, yes, I do feel like, here, yeah, let's just go to the old data golf. Overall player rankings here, and let's see exactly what we have. So, the top five players for the PJ Tour, you have Rom, Scheffler, Shoffley, Cantley, Now, Then you drop down, you have Rory, Sung J.M., Terrell Hatton, Justin Thomas. Then you have the likes of, like, Wyndham Clark, Max Homan, Jordan Spieth, uh, Colin Morikawa, Cam Young. Jason Day, who just won he's actually going to move up. We're going to have Victor Hovlin. a uh, Ricky Fowler, Matty Fitz, Sam Burns. So yeah, especially the the deeper you go, the more the better that the PJ tour is for sure. But then looking on Liv, like we said, you have Dustin Johnson, you have Brooks Kepka, Taylor Gucci had been playing so well going into this week. Cam Smith.
0: Yeah, I mean you also got guys like Joaquin Neiman, you got guys like uh, Amito Pereira on live. You we haven't mentioned Patrick Reed or Phil Mickelson who would be great in match play for the live side if they did a PGA tour live Ryder cup. You would also have Louis Oosthuizen or Bryson DeChambeau, Bubba Watson on the live side. You also have, you know, Paul Casey and Sergio Garcia who have been, you know, mainstays in the Ryder Cup. If they did a Ryder Cup style you know, with a, I mean, even guys like an Ian Poulter. Speaking of Ryder Cups, you know, those guys could show up for one week and and you know dominate someone in match play. So where
1: you really see the difference, but is what my
0: point is, the PGA Tour would obviously be favored. Both have high quality star power at the top, you know. But once you get into the eight through twelve area, and really the like PGA five Tour through is 10, Five yeah. through ten. Yeah. That's why we say that right now, as far as elevated events versus live events the PGA Tour is probably favored 60-40 because if the PGA Tour lost a couple guys, like remember when we were hearing the Xander Lee and uh, Patrick Cantlay rumors to live, that would have flipped it about 50-50 is if you go through those top 12.
1: Well, that's why the, the big players were such a, a pivotal piece in this whole movement when it came to the golf landscape. So now, now the PGA Tour is still the best top-to-bottom tour out there for oh, sure. And, and there's no – and it's – Will live ever surpass that? I I would assume not, in all honesty. But it can definitely show that there is a spot for them in the ecosystem of the game golf. They've proven that. Proved that this week. They've proven that the course of how many ever weeks. I mean, we've even talked to people. One of the things, they were really focused on making sure they did not compete against elevated events on the PGA Tour. That is something that... That's the reason their schedule came out so late. In the They're not they were tra- stupid. They, they are not stupid for 100%. They are very smart. Yeah, it's you can tell that there's there's a system in place, and I feel like that how long will it take for this endeavor to be profitable? That's an interesting question. I'm not 100% sure on that, just because we don't know all the uh, quote-unquote expenses that go behind the scenes because the, everything that was put on, it's not cheap to
0: do. So it's Yeah, but, and, and obviously those initial live contracts to the players were paid Directly by live, then their plan is for the team's sponsors to start paying the, you know, team's contracts going forward and treat it more like a NBA NFL style.
1: And then you have the aspect of what's going to happen after this live season's done. Are we going to have any more players come over from the PJ Tour? Norman could,
0: said that people are lining up.
1: Could we have? Uh, could we have maybe a, a Chakar type situation? Maybe one of these top five guys in the PJ Tour? Sargent chose live. Wouldn't shock me one bit, dude. Do I think it'll happen? No, but it, it would. It wouldn't be completely Let's shocking. A bag at him, and the whole thing is too. After seeing the player experience this week, I like I get the whole thing of what the, the landscape of it now not being able getting major championships would scare players off. But if you just look at what you actually have to do to play, you play fourteen times a year. You're going to make buku's amounts of money. You get to be in the team atmosphere. You want to play three rounds. If they ever do get world ranking points, I see no reason why guys wouldn't what, come over here. This if trip. I was a
0: Gordon sergeant right now, and they were offering me some ridiculous contract, like $250 million, and I would be taking the money and taking the bet on the fact that eventually they're going to get the major championship thing figured out and capitalize on this opportunity that... I have all the leverage right now that I might not have in five years.
1: Well, I mean, if they two hundred fifty million, I don't think there's a chance in hell that 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 no, would. Happen.
0: Think about it though. If if live right now, they might have to pay someone a top ranked, like a can't miss guy, like a Gordon Sargent or a Ludwig Gabriel. They might have to pay something like that because the player is going to say, "Well, think about." all the major championships I'm gonna miss out on, you know, right now because that's what I'm talking about with the leverage. But once they get things figured out with the major championships here in a few years, I think that obviously Liv isn't gonna to have to pay as much for these players.
1: Well I think one thing that will probably hurt the chances of getting one of the one of those young players is that I feel like a good incentive would be to tell them you could turn one of these amateurs, maybe not necessarily make them a captain, but you could give them a, a decent stake in one of the teams, right? But yep. the problem is that the captains for these teams have really already been set going forward, and I don't
0: expect those to change. And they you, have equity in the teams.
1: And and you could see a situation where, like we were talking about earlier, maybe they add some more teams. Then you could make Gordon Sargent the captain of a team. I mean, I think that would be a pretty cool thing for him. But, no, it's and especially at this point, Sam, with the, with the scaredness of not being able to compete in the majors going forward, it's scaring a lot of these young players away. And until they get that fixed, it's maybe the main reason, well, it's the second main reason behind the, the TV contract as to why uh, the PGA Tour wants live out of the OWGR. But it's probably the second reason because, like I said, with everything I saw this week, I see no reason. If you did have a chance to earn world ranking points and get into majors while playing on the
0: live, there's no reason not to come to this tour. That's exactly right. I asked Eugenio lopez Chicara earlier on this week, T-Dub. I said, do you think that you will see more top-ranked amateurs in the world like yourself go straight to live and never stop at the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour? And he said, yeah, basically, why wouldn't you? And he said that it's not about the money. It's about the experience. And he talked about being on the team and learning so much from his second father, he called him. Sergio Garcia and being able to have that camaraderie that they have on live T-dub I think that live is in a very good place right now and I feel like the PGA Tour has screwed up some things but man after being at a live event for the first time in person I could not have been more impressed they exceeded my expectations and I had very high expectations Liv Tulsa should be proud like I said everybody from Benji and Jane and, and Maureen all the great people at Live, they should be proud for the tournament they put on and then everybody obviously at Cedar Ridge should be proud of Live Tulsa Dustin Johnson your champion Of Live Tulsa this year, Stinger GC, your team champion at Live Tulsa this year. T-Dub, any final thoughts on everything we talked about today?
1: I mean, it's just – we said a lot of words this week with all the content we've been putting out. So, I mean, surely what I'm going to reiterate I've already said. But it's just such a stellar week on so many different levels. It was – such a first-class experience. Just the, the player interaction that we got to have, the the closeness you got to some of these players, especially the Wednesday-Thursday practice rounds without any fans. They're just seeing the huge crowds. And just that was the main thing I wanted was that Oklahoma to show that we need good competitive golf in this state on a very regular basis. I mean, you're thinking about it. I mean, what we, we've we had three major championships in the state in this millennium, and then that's the only competitive golf that we've had in Oklahoma, at least at the highest level. So it's... It's definitely something the state needs, and like we've said a lot of times here, we don't know what course it'll be at next year, but there's 99.99999% chance that there will be another Live Oklahoma event next year.
0: 100%, and I know... For a fact, people are already working behind the scenes to make that happen. We will let you know when that happens here on the 73rd Hole podcast. We, the were, we were the poc- first to break it this year. We were the first to break it this year. I think that you know we will let you know. We have the contacts to let you guys know uh, whenever the next Live event in the state of Oklahoma is announced. Because I have zero doubts that Live will want to come back here after the success that Live Tulsa was this week. If anybody missed it, record-breaking crowds domestically for Live. The most people attended in the history of Live in America. T-Dub, great week this week. Thank you to Woody. Get well soon, Woody. I hope you are feeling better back at home. Thank you to the Humpman, my dad, Craig Humphreys. And thank you to all of our great guests throughout the week here at Live Tulsa. It's Weird T-Dub going from a giant week like this into next week being a major championship, but we're getting right back to the grindstone later on this week with the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Definitely subscribe and make sure you get that notification whenever we drop our PGA Championship preview this has been Sam Humphreys on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. You can find us on Golf Oklahoma and thesportsanimal.com and also go follow us at the 73rd Hole on Twitter and at 73rd Hole on Instagram. Thank you again to all of our listeners for making this Live Tulsa week possible. We will be back here in a couple days on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast.